it's me. It's it's Wolverine, and this is the Fake Nerd Podcast, episode one seventy. I'm the new I'm the new host, I guess. Brandon's not here, so uh, welcome to the X Men Only Podcast, where we talk about only the X Men. Snick, snick. I'm joined by the newest members of the X Men, Ben Magnet, also known as Retro. What are my powers? That's for you to find out. <laughs> also joined by Sparks Witty, codename Sparkplug. I also don't know his powers. That's for issue two. My, my nose lights up like a bulb. He's Rudolph the Red-Nosed X-Men. And like I said, this is episode 170. Dun-dun-na-na, dun-dun-na-na. That's it. What's up, guys? How's it going? Thank you. Hey. Hey, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a cozy, comfy cast week, I feel like. Yeah, it is. We're all chilling, laying down, comfy clothes. It is also very cold outside. It is very cold outside. I think it's pretty nice in this room, though. It is pretty nice yeah. in this room. Like also, it. I got my jacket on. I got my... Uh, Get I, your Spider-Man socks on. I do have my Spider-Man socks. Fanny got me these. Go Spidey. Oh, those are actually pretty cool socks. I'm not yeah, they lie. are. They're, they're, they're very comfortable. They're yeah. very thin, so I don't think they're very good at keeping my feet warm, though. Uh, unfortunately, like I uh, said earlier, like Wolverine said, excuse me, this is Ryan Eliopoulos. Um, Brandon's not here this week. Uh, he couldn't be here, unfortunately. But uh, this is going to be, you know, another rip-roaring episode of the Fake Nerd Podcast. What'd you, what'd you do this week, Benjamin? Oh, what did I do Retro? this week? I worked. I worked a lot. Hey, man, everybody works every yeah. week. What do you, what'd you works, do? But I feel like I I played a lot more Pokemon, though. That's what I want to hear. Yeah, I played a lot more Pokemon. It was Thanksgiving, so I got to. I watched a lot of Star Wars. That's also what I did. Same. Yeah, I watched a lot of Star Wars. I played some Pokemon, not a whole lot. I got my first gym badge, so we'll yep. for that. And now, what's the guy's name? Uh, Milo. Milo. Yeah, that's his name. Yeah, I got I got uh, the green. It was a grass gym, so of course I just destroyed it because I had a fire starter. His a- his grass was ass. Oh, his his ass was grass, Dang. and I and I was just a lawnmower. I was also the flamethrower. Oh, did you pick the? Did you say you picked the? Yeah, fire Score Bunny. Fire starter. Yeah, so Score Bunny evolved. Um, a few other my Pokemon evolved, and I'm now just trucking along to. Get to the second gym. I'm actually at the second. This isn't Star Trek. This is Pokemon. Well, I just got to second. I'm at the second gym. It's no, a you lot, said Trek. A, I said trucking. Oh, I'm sorry. I meant trucking, not trucking. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> ice road truckers? No. No, oh. definitely not ice road truckers. Oh, okay. Definitely not. Uh, besides that, watched a whole lot of Star Wars, and I played a little bit of Fallen Order last night. Oh. Fallen Order is still fun. How you, how you liking it? I am enjoying Man, that... They're, my brain needs to get out of the Kingdom Hearts um, action RPG style because this game is it's an action game, but it's not an action RPG. No. Because you don't have... You not don't all have, video games are the same. I know. Of, of course. Because <laughs> there are times where I'm trying to... I have to, like, really... Um, I have to like really watch my opponent because in Kingdom Hearts you can just like span the X button and you win. It's like press X to win. That's the joke in Kingdom Hearts. That that that's very true. Yeah, yeah. And in um, Fallen Order, you have to like really like I had a boss fight with the second sister, and what happened ooh, to the first sister? Uh, we we don't know where the first sister is. <laughs> All right, cool. But oof, that was a that was a fight. And there was this other guy I was trying to kill, and I had to lower the difficulty. And he was still super hard. He you lowered the difficulty. He still kept killing me. Damn dog. You can't lower the difficulty in Dark Souls games. No, but you can lower Ooh, the boy. difficulty in this game. Like, yeah. whenever you need... Because originally I was playing on the middle one, which was Jedi Master. Isn't it just, like, normal? I think, but I'm still trying to get used to this game's combat, because there are times... I died a lot. Yeah, it's, it's a hard game. It I mean, is. It's, it's like, it's, it's, it's a Dark Souls It's type hard, game. but it's not infuriatingly difficult. I mean, the only time I rage quit was so I could go to bed was this one guy who just kept killing me over and over and over again. Because mm-hmm. it was, like, a mini boss that you find in the level. Because you have, like, obviously boss fights that you are supposed to get to story fights mm-hmm. but if you explore around whatever planet you're on you also find mini bosses that are annoying as hell and will kick the shit out of you no matter what oh, how I hard played you try God, i played god of war before as well. oh yeah 
Um, You're playing uh, Fallen Order as well, Sparky Sparks, right? Oh, I haven't played like all week. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah, that's a shame. But I, I have to play when Megan's around. So, <laughs> oh, oh, okay. Oh, all right, she's liking it. Yeah, cool. Nice. I, I still love the game. That's the good thing. I still love the game. Pokemon has actually gone up it for me because, um, as I was thinking about, it, I was like, man, Pokemon's just kind of okay. As I played it more, I was like, no, I really dig this. Yeah. I mean, it's still it's it's a Pokemon game. I mean, the, the people are complaining about the graphics and how. Uh, I mean, it looks nice, but it's not. They haven't done any of the animations. They haven't upped the, the attack animations. Like, what do you do a certain attack? It's just like a Pokemon jumping, and it's, just, it's like from the 3DS era. It's like a really, really nice looking uh, 3DS game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I still enjoy searching for Pokemon, like hunting wild Pokemon. Before I was like, oh, it's a chore. I hate this. Now it's like, no, I want to see who's out there. I want to see who I can catch. Have you spun around a lot in post? I have, yes. God, that's that's the only reason I want to That was game. literally <laughs> the first thing I did when I got control of my character was I spun around and did the pose. Do you know if you do that in front of wild Pokemon, they'll comment on it? Really? They'll they'll like do their own poses or or like oh. make it, make their noise or something. Oh. I saw a video and I was like, God, this game looks good. No, there's funny because I was trying to catch uh Galarian Meowth and the Galarian Meowth looks batshit crazy. But I was trying to catch I was trying to find one. And a bunch of little tiny electrites were hunt were like chased after me. I'm like, no, go away, go away, you little bastards. Electrites? Yeah. Oh, the dogs. The uh, oh. like electric dog. Pokemon. Yeah, I love those guys. I did catch a corgi. Oh, y- corgi. Yamper. You know what I named it? What? Thorgy. <sighs> well, I mean, that, I don't care. No, that I makes, have no, no shame. Thunder Corgi. I get it. No, you're right. I have no shame. Although I should probably should have named it Thorga because it's a girl. Hey man, no, hey man, Jane Foster's yeah. Thor. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Thor's you're Thor. absolutely right. Jane Foster was Thor you're for right. a hot second. But I'm still enjoying the games. I'm still having fun. And I got some Christmas shopping done. So who for that? Same. Maybe yeah. I'm. Yeah, but that was pretty much my week. Yep. What about you, uh, Sparks? Uh, it was Thanksgiving. Yeah. Was, you know, a lot of family stuff. True. Food. That's that's pretty much it. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's thrilling. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, you were there. I was you there. Know. Uh, it was all, well. It was a lot of Star Wars in preparation for. Downright nerdy recording, which we did yesterday. We sure did. Uh, that episode coming out soon. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. That that was a lot of the week's focus. So yeah, we a lot to yeah add around that. No, yeah, true. we uh, yeah. This was a, a Star Wars heavy week for everyone here. Yeah, mm. we were. Tra- I was trying to get through as many Star Wars episodes as I can, trying to watch as much Star Wars as humanly possible, so I can go into the conversation with Downright Nerdy fully prepared. And oh. I still wasn't able to watch all the movies. Hey man, there's a lot, a lot of them. Yeah, a whole lot of Star Wars. Oh yeah. Um. I yeah. I don't have much to say either. Uh, I did a lot of Star Wars. I did start playing Death Stranding again, and last week I was I was feeling a little lukewarm on it. Uh, but this play session this week, I was real hot on it. Uh, I was having a lot of fun. Uh, so much like real life, like that game is a roller coaster of emotions. <laughs> um, I'm at a point right now. I'm like, yeah, if it stays like this, I can get down. But then again, like that's why I felt before I felt that first wave of, of like, oh man. So uh, we'll see how that goes. But I'm glad. I'm glad I still want to play it. Sure. Because like, it's weird um, having like the most anticipated game of all time not be the greatest thing ever. Kind of like No Man's Sky was uh, when that came out. Yeah. But I know that game was a big old disaster and this game at least is competent right so there's that um well no well you champion for no man's sky after the fact well they've worked on it for two they years have, yeah. and like they've they've doubled down and like hey we're gonna keep working on this game and now it is a fully functional game mm-hmm. it's just it's a shame it's two years later yeah that's, right. the, only, that's that, the only thing that's a bummer yeah but um uh, besides that i read a lot of x-men i think we all read a lot of x-men this week we did it was a sweet week for me baby <laughs> you were just a uh, happy as a clam weren't I was. you little little well wait what does that mean happy as a clam why are I, clams I happy i don't know don't we take their shit don't we Cause when, it's because when clams are shut, they're smiling. Aww. 
I didn't know that. <laughs> I learned something today. I just heard happy as a clam. That's that's all I go after. Hey, when in Rome. Yeah. <laughs> I use that wrong all the time. Hey, I want to start using some emo idioms. I used some last week and I oh, got a lot yeah. of groans. So don't have a panic. I got disco. a lot. <laughs> hey, no, you're panicking at the wrong disco. Uh-huh. This isn't my first black parade. And there's another one that I completely forgot. Sparks, do you have anything that can break Benjamin? Hmm. Breaking Benjamin. Damn it. <laughs> Not only that. <sighs> How could this happen to me? I don't think my chemical romance makeup is in the right position for oh. this. All right. Speaking of makeup, let's let's move on let's to our bread and butter. Rouge our way into some <laughs> bread and butter. That sounds good. I can use some food. And here is your bread and your butter. Here's your bread and butter. Hey, okay, not in my ear. Thank you. Hey, Sparks. Yeah. You got some bread and butter for us? I do. Why don't you uh, serve us up a platter? Sure, sounds good. Mm. Hey, last week. Uh, we forgot to talk about the fact the, that the John, biggest news of the week. <laughs> John Turturro was cast as Carmine Falcone for Matt Reeves' Batman film. Yeah, he was. Uh, and again, like I know Brandon loves it too. Like Matt Reeves just like posts a gif, like, yes. "Hey, this guy's in my Batman movie." Yeah, yeah. Uh, he did just supposed to give me post a gif from when he was the Jesus in the Big Lebowski. Yeah. Uh, yes. Nobody asks with the Jesus. <laughs> nobody messes with the Jesus. Uh, I think John Turturro's awesome. Yes. Um, he elevates everything he's in, including the Transformers movies. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this is an awesome choice, and it's, again, what a baller cast this movie has. Like, uh-huh. truly exceptional blockbuster casting. Like, I, my, my heart, like, I feel so good about this movie. This is the most excited I've been to see a Batman film. Since I think, the Dark Knight. <laughs> I think in my life. Yeah. Yeah. I was pretty hyped for Dark Knight. I was I was pretty hyped for Dark Knight, but I was only hyped about the Joker. I wasn't hyped about anything. Because like I thought you know Batman what? Begins was dope, so I was like, oh man, if we get like a better version no, of like, that. No, like I thought Batman Begins was really good, but like I'm I'm like this is Dark Knight was good, but I it's not, it's not necessarily a, the Batman movie I want to yeah, see. Yeah, it's not really comic booky. Right. This I think this is the Batman movie I want to see. Yeah. You see, I was looking forward to Dark Knight because they were redoing the Joker, and then after I saw the Dark Knight, I was like, "This, this transform that that to me that the Dark Knight was like it transformed the comic book genre to like, hey, almost comic book films can be like." Martin Scorsese cinema, yeah. but also uh, it was kind of a ruining factor for comic book movies I, because yeah. everything needed to be dark and depressing, and that's why we oh, have the yeah. DC Dark, universe. Dark Knight oh, yeah. was definitely one of those films where, like, I try and do this with a lot of major films where I keep my expectations really low, so I try not to get too hard on the hype train because I don't want to be disappointed. Mm-hmm. Um, Dark Knight was one of those, so like, I like that. I like that movie much more, not in anticipation. Mm-hmm. So, but this, I'm. Having a hard time not getting excited about yeah, it. Yeah, just every everything about it, just like hot hot dog. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in other news from last week, uh, Noah Hawley is set to direct Star Trek Four. I can't. I, I didn't Who? see this coming. Yeah, Noah Hawley is the showrunner for Legion and Fargo. Oh, okay. He's a very trippy director. Yeah. Um. So I think it's so the original idea for Four was going to be like weird time travel stuff with Kirk's dad, right? Like that was that was the yes. Whole, it was gonna be Chris Hemsworth was coming back. Yes, correct. Um, because they were like, we have Chris Hemsworth in a movie. He's really like popular now. We should bring him yes, back for and, some reason. And you know, I'm not a, I'm not opposed to no. silly ideas. Um, that's not what this is anymore. No. But with Noah Hawley, that's like the perfect thing for him is weird, trippy t- sci-fi stuff. Right. So I'm really curious what I will his say that I, d- I will say that I think that is the weird, trippy kind of thing is great for him. I don't think Chris Hemsworth in the movie is great for him. Yeah. I don't think Chris Hemsworth is is in Holly's flair. I think Chris mm. Hemsworth has figured out that being funny, being able to be loose, is good for him, and that is not the way Holly yeah. operates. That's true. Um. Well, let's say like. 
I think Star Trek Beyond has a little more humor to it than the other two movies, right? A hundred percent. So like I I wouldn't be surprised if it doesn't take a Ragnarok approach, not that heavy, right? But it could be a little silly. Don't, don't misunderstand that yeah, I'm yeah. not saying that I'm saying like oh it'll be humorless. Yeah. But what I am saying is that I think that there would be a lot of. Uh, emotionally strong beats and, and this isn't even me saying that Chris Hemsworth can't do it I'm just saying I don't think it's the, the, that the the direction is the kind of thing he takes as easily yeah um, anymore he has to kind of find his own way into it yeah, yeah and I feel like Holly just from the tone across his things feels like he has a very specific way and and there's no guarantee Hemsworth could get on board with it I feel that uh, you know because like I think Hemsworth is very talented but we've seen him be mishandled mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh, uh, men in black is a great example like oh, he's yeah. still found his his niche and yet he was still mishandled very true um so yeah <clears> like <throat> he he pitched his his movie and then they said sure let's do it yes um so uh, in the in Chris Pine and the entire cast are expected to return yes, which is awesome because like I think that cast uh, uh, really works. I do too. I think uh, I think that O nine Star Trek movie is like honestly like one of the best like blockbusters. I think Star Trek I think Beyond. Awesome. I think Star Trek Beyond is exceptional. Yeah. I think that I think that that is what every Star Trek film should be striving to be. That is a great sandwich with some real shitty meat. Oh <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> two great pieces of bread. I uh, I just I what are we talking about? Because there's Star Trek and Star Trek Beyond, and I don't. That's it. They've made. Oh, it's, just, it's just a bread sandwich, right? Yeah, this is just called four for some reason. You know, that you know I don't what? Understand. You know what? It's just a. It's just a grilled cheese sandwich. That's what it is. It's a grilled, it's cheese, a grilled sandwich. cheese sandwich. Yeah, yeah. There's there nothing go. else in it besides cheese. Who nothing. put this tomato in here? <laughs> There's no tomato in that whatsoever. Ignore the tomato. Uh, he directed a movie called Lucy in the Sky. He did, which we haven't seen, but With diamonds. It's- Sans diamonds. Uh, without the diamonds. Have you looked into like people talking about that and why they didn't like it? Uh, no. So a whole lot of it has to do with uh, a lot of people trippy? were like. I don't like that the aspect ratio changes. He oh. swaps between four three and sixteen nine depending on what's happening to Lucy at the okay. time, and he does this constantly. And a lot of people just couldn't get past it. I, I and they felt like it was purposeless and tasteless. And and Holly has come out himself and said, "I did not make a movie for everybody." Yeah, like I understand that people aren't going to like this, but for every like ten that don't like it, I'm hoping there's the one person who like this really speaks to. That's fair. Yeah. It's just like it has such a low Rotten Tomato score. It does. And of course, that's not always an indication, but like when an overwhelming percentage of people don't like it, uh-huh. there's got to be some truth to it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, I still want to see it because I think that dude like, it, is a visionary. It in, it in many ways sounds like it, Holly himself has kind of said, because I wanted to know what he had to say about it. And he said, like, in many ways, this was a film experiment that, that maybe not for everyone worked. It could be like the tree of life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still want to watch it. I do too. Uh, I'm very interested in this uh, aspect ratio. Uh, changing tactic he talked about that it's uh it's supposed to be representation of like her her emotional state of being at the time i'm not sure which one represents which anymore but like uh, uh i i know that a lot of people were saying that did not work for them uh i'm definitely down like i don't think it's in theaters at all anymore but like i would definitely be down to see like a uh, like a big screen yeah, version got, of like space uh, legion honestly it made me sad that i can't see it in theaters because i feel like the aspect ratio thing would play better yeah that i'm going to like if i'm going to have a shot at liking it i'm, I'm bummed now that i can't see it in theaters because i didn't even know about this apparently some of the scenes in the trailers were uh, like not were not shown in the way that they are in the film, um, and that they're like half the movie is four three and half the I movie mean, is sixty I, by nine. I guess that makes sense for a trailer because that would throw some. A hundred percent, yeah. But it did totally like people. People weren't down with it. Yeah, it's been a major complaint. That's fair. They weren't down with the aspect ratio. Yeah. yeah. After seeing the lighthouse, I'm down for all. Uh, Change my aspect ratio as much. I don't as you think want. it's so much. I yeah. I don't think it's so much that like uh, that it is you know uh, doing you know four three it's that it's constantly swapping Mm -hmm. and some people like that just took them out of it yeah that's fair 
Yeah. <laughs> we'll ha- we'll have to see someday. Um, it's still like uh, either way, I'm I'm interested in him doing Star Trek. Small directors getting <clears> these <throat> big blockbusters, like it's not it doesn't always work, but when it does, like we get like Thor Ragnarok. Uh, we get like Blade Runner twenty forty nine. I'm very curious who's gonna write it. Because yeah. that hasn't been announced. Um, Simon Kinberg. Well, Simon Pegg did Star Trek Beyond. And well, no, he didn't. Was it? It wasn't just him, but yeah, he okay. was like he was one of the yeah, the yeah. main writers for it, and that that showed a lot. Yeah. Uh, nope. And I think I think more more key to that than anything is not necessarily that Simon Pegg needs to write this next one, but somebody who loves Star Trek like that yeah. needs to write it. Yeah. Honestly, like when, I heard, yeah. when I heard Simon Pegg helped write Beyond, I was like, that well, that's perfect, because he's obviously the biggest nerd on that entire cast. At least the biggest Star Trek nerd, right? Yeah, yeah. He actually cares about. I, it. I think yeah. I think you need people who like really, really love it uh-huh. to to write it because he got so much of the heart of what Star Trek is. Like even as a person who's not super familiar with Star Trek, I'm like, oh, I get that this is what Star Trek is supposed to be all yeah. about, yeah. and I'm getting all of it all the time in that movie. Yeah, it felt like a, like a like a big ex, uh, a big expensive away team mission from the show. Right. Like it was oh, like yeah. this isn't like Which is incredible. Yeah, it's like it doesn't have to be like always galactic ending like it, with a right. con or anything. Right. And also it was very I mean it was it felt like a star it felt like a Star Trek episode. It felt like a 2 hour yeah. long Star Trek episode with a lot of stakes. Mm-hmm. The Enterprise is being destroyed as a big it felt like a season finale yeah. in a way. Cuz obviously when the Enterprise gets destroyed in Star Trek Beyond it's like shit, that's the ship. Why would you destroy the ship and then later on they get the Enterprise A? Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, I w- yeah, that was a, it. It felt like a season finale, a really good season finale, to a two thirds good trilogy. What, even though we don't uh, now acknowledge the second part. Uh, last uh, last question about this whole thing. Um, do you feel like, or do you think that four would be the final for this whole thing, or do you do you think they would continue to make more because they're all getting think, older? Uh, no, no. Um, I think the wisest choice is that there's no reason you have to put a button on anything. Yeah. Even if like it's a character's last time out, doesn't mean that it has to be the end of this, this timeline. Mm-hmm. Um, so no, Okay. I'll say no. Like, honestly, um, we, I think there's a lot of room to just like allow Star Trek to expand whatever you want it to. Honestly, like I actually, I want to reverse what I just said because I'm thinking of the original movies and how all those characters grew older with the franchise. Right. Yeah. So you can totally have like Admiral Kirk when Chris Pine is in his 50s. Yeah. Like, I would, that would totally be cool. It, it mm-hmm. wouldn't surprise me if like as long as like he's enjoying doing it and he feels like the scripts are there, Chris Pine might play this till he's super old too. I'd be, and I'd, I'm, into that. I'm pretty sure Zachary Quinto loves playing Mr. Spock. Oh, I yeah. think Zachary Quinto will play Spock forever. Yeah. I'm just trying to think who should... Do we do we want to think he's about? He's basically he's basically been past the torch from Larry Nimoy. So yeah. anything that's made with like this timeline of yeah. Spock is going to be him. But do we want to think about who's going to play um, uh, Chekhov? No, no, I don't want to. No, no, he's. Yeah. It's one of those situations where the character is not in the movie and they address it very faintly. Yeah, yeah. He's, mm-hmm. it does not need. He's to, not going to be recast. Cool. You can't because do I don't want anyone. To I don't. Re- I don't think anybody would come to it and recast him. Yeah. yeah. Uh, not, no, not actor this, would want to take that role. They'll probably just say Chekhov took an early retirement. Yeah, yeah. He's or he, enjoy- or he, he's enjoying life. Had to do some other mission on a different ship or whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't think I don't think they'll recast him. Okay. Yeah. That's good. I'm okay with that. Uh, moving what, on. What's next, Johnny? Um, so this went really super under the radar. Uh, Netflix has officially canceled Mystery Science Theater 3000. They had a Thanksgiving thing just recently. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they are officially done. Uh, the <clears throat> creator Joel Hodgson's, uh, Hodgson had this to say. As some of you might have guessed, we won't be making new seasons of the show for Netflix. However, I want you to know that we've had a wonderful time working with the Netflix team and we'll always be grateful to them. After all, they gave us the opportunity to spend the past few years aboard the satellite 
of love and made it possible mm. for new generations to discover the joys of riffing cheesy movies with your friends. I love Mystery Science Theater 2000. I do too. Uh, I have not really delved into any of the Netflix stuff. I haven't taken the time I to have, do so. I have, it's good. Yeah, I really wanted to. Um, this isn't surprising they got a me. lot of episodes in. Yeah, like they got seasons in. Like uh, every, unfortunately, everything has to come to an end. So, like yeah. the fact that they got more than just one season is nice. Yeah, um, this isn't surprising to me, but uh, I, I look forward to still watching what's there. And Mystery Science Theater three thousand can always come back around some in some yes. form. Um, it's never been a hugely popular thing. Like it, always, it has its cult following. Right. Um, but it it does always come back, which is yeah. nice. Yeah. yeah, I know of it. I've just never seen it. And, and Rift Tracks always keeps existing. We we should watch some sometime, Ben. I think you'd really enjoy it, whether right. it's the old stuff or the new Netflix. It's stuff. all I like it all. It all has merit. Right. Um, Nickelodeon shows are coming to CBS All Access streaming service, uh, according to the Hollywood Reporter. Yeah, but um, I thought they hold, had hold on, hi, Viacom, which owns Nickelodeon and CBS, uh, is closing its deal on their December fourth merger. Uh, the two companies announcing the content deal early Monday. It's currently unclear exactly which Nickelodeon shows and movies will be coming to CBS All Access, um, but it's likely we'll see classic Nickelodeon properties like SpongeBob and Dora included. <clears throat> wow. So, so this is a little surprising because of the Netflix deal. With, that's uh, exactly what I was going to mention. But that Netflix deal was for new material, not for old shows. Ah, shit. So, uh, and CBS and Viacom are now being merged into the same company, so this is not... Surprising. Well, Viacom CBS, owning uh, Nickelodeon. All access yeah. needs stuff for people to watch because nobody cares about that streaming service. Right, right. With the amount of money they're spending on original content, yeah, it needs it, it needs SpongeBob. It right. needs it. Uh, so the, this is a little surprising. I did think that Netflix was going to try to go for the entire Nickelodeon roster, um, but it looks like that's the case. That's not the case. Yeah, so sad because so. for because you can watch a lot of old Nickelodeon stuff on Verve right now. That's true. Uh, yeah. You could watch a lot of Nickelodeon stuff on Amazon Prime as well. Yeah. That probably will stay, to be honest with you. Yeah. Uh, because it's not entire catalogs, but it is big chunks. Yeah, especially the the splat, like all the 90s stuff. Nick, Nick, Nick. Like, yeah. the, the, thing, the stuff that put Nickelodeon uh, on the let's, map. Let's be clear. Like, Verve, everything that Verve has is, like, going away to other streaming services yeah. in, in the near future. Like, Verve oh. won't exist. Yeah. Um, Rip. Uh, but... Yeah, this w- this was a little weird just because of the Netflix specials. I I agree, but like there there was never an announcement that Netflix was getting any of the old stuff. Mm-hmm. So now it looks like that will never happen. It was a bummer because that way because I remember when Netflix did have the entire series of Avatar: Last Airbender. I binged the whole series of it's Avatar in like a a week. And, and Netflix it, will still have the live action version yeah, of that. They will have the live action version, but I was hoping they would also have the original cartoon, that the cartoon That's and weird. a Legend of Korra. <laughs> yes, it is but, weird. It's weird. Uh, yeah, the, it's unclear exactly what amount and which shows yeah. are coming to. Like, is this is this like all that and uh-huh. Amanda Bynes? Are they coming to CBS All Ooh. Access? Like, what what is this exactly? That's go. just not clear. Yeah. Oh, right. well, you know what? Time will tell. We'll find we'll find out eventually. Uh, some early details have come out about the Kingdom Hearts Three Remind DLC. <gasps> um, it was announced. Uh, Can you remind was, me the story of Kingdom Hearts Three because I didn't play we it. We don't have two hours. Uh, <laughs> it was shared with attendees at the KH3 Orchestra performance in Osaka. Um, what was announced was a photo mode, a slideshow mode, and a fast pass mode, and black code. Uh, <clears throat> Nomura promised that a Kingdom Hearts Three DLC trailer would be released next month uh, in December, and that it might include a release date. 
but he doesn't really want to put one out there because he doesn't want to get nailed to the so wall. So the news is that a trailer's coming out next month? And that we're getting a photo mode, a slideshow mode, a fast pass mode, and a black code. And I don't know, nobody knows what the black code is. Sounds like Organization 13 BS. Uh, right and the fast pass mode is basically allowing you to jump in and change difficulties at any moment throughout the story. Oh. Mm, uh, cool. Okay. Wow. Yep. I guess. I love I love it. Yep. Thanks for the news update, Kate of Hearts 3. You're welcome. Uh, uh, wow, this, this is a light news week. Uh, it really is. a damn trailer already. Uh, I wanted to know what's going on with the DLC. The Fugitive is getting a reboot through Warner Brothers. No, thanks. Um, according to Deadline, is it's going to reimagine the 1993 film starring Tommy Lee Jones and Harrison Ford. Uh, Excellent movie. And it will be a completely separate entity uh, from the upcoming... Queeby series. I have no idea what that is. Queeby is a new streaming service. Yeah, yeah. That's that's another the new it's one. It's gonna be could uh, be a completely different thing from that. I didn't know uh, there was a series. This film has tapped Albert Hughes to direct. Oh shit. Um, the series is going to be centering on a man accused of blowing up the LA subway station uh, with social media, and the reboot will be more of a direct tie to the original film. That's fine. Like it's it's weird that they're just using the name of the Fugitive for the same idea. They could call it literally anything else. I know. It's like it's not like it's a comic book franchise. Yeah, I don't, I don't. And I love that fran- that like it's not a movie I talk about a lot, but like uh, that's an awesome movie. Like, right. I talked about it before how I watched all of Harrison Ford's movies and all of Michael Douglas's movies as a teenager, just in a row. Mm-hmm. And The Fugitive stood out. Uh, there's that great scene that everyone knows about. It's like I didn't kill my wife, and Tommy Lee Jones says I don't care. Right, right. Uh, and he jumps off a jumps yeah. off a dam. Um, the idea is sound. Why well, call it The Fugitive? I don't know. Um, I don't know in what way we need to re- It's also not a remake. It's a reboot. Yeah. And, it's uh, just a, and they are saying like it will be tied in some way to the original. It's just like, hey, another guy is falsely accused of something. Right. Oh, cool. It's like like some weird like Dr. Wu level Jurassic Park kind of character will like reappear to keep some loose connection to the original. And it's not like. <laughs> but it's not going to be Tommy or Harrison. So. That's so goofy. Yeah. It's weird. It's like. Yeah. Like one of like <clears> the, <throat> the, the, the PI. Like the young interns is going to be a detective now. Who cares? Yeah. Uh, anyway. Um, what's hold on, What worse is, is that there's also a new lame streaming service TV show of the original movie. I'm like, there's, why is there so much Fugitive happening? Right. What is happening? No, I didn't I don't realize know. Fugitive had such a big following. It doesn't. That's the point. <laughs> So Elizabeth Banks, ah, oh, cool, uh, oh. who just had her Charlie's Angel reboot come she out. She hates Marvel movies. Um, she's going to direct and star in Universal's Invisible Woman. This is weird. Uh, Aaron Cressida has written the first draft of the film script, and in addition to her other duties, Banks will also produce alongside her husband, Max Hendelman. Um, the original 1940 Invisible Woman was the third installment in the Invisible Man franchise, uh, but this one appears to be returning to the franchise roots to its horrors, just like the uh, the new Invisible Man that Universal's putting out. Um, there's not a lot of details past this right so now. So this tells me that they have a lot of faith in that mo- that first, the, origi- the Invisible Man movie, the one right. with Elizabeth Moss. That movie must be dope as hell if they're trying to make another one already <laughs> with a lady. Yeah, super super interesting and weird, right? I think it's just like... I, I, I'm wondering, like, it almost feels like the tones have to be different. And it's because who would go Banks see is, is basically a, the same movie? And Elizabeth Banks is a comedic person. I'm not, yeah. like, of course, like anybody can do drama or horror, but like she's known <clears> for <throat> comedy. And like she just did Charlie's Angels, which is an action comedy. Yeah. So uh, I'm, I bet it, you it'll have comedy in it more than this this man version, yeah. probably. I mean, I like Elizabeth Banks most of the time, so we'll have to see how yeah. this shakes out. This she's is writing this and is a little it? yeah. 
after, I'm really she's, 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 she's not the only writer on it. She's taking no, yeah. over the script from Cressida and uh, and I don't know that she's Cressida's. Like, it sounds like Cressida's still going to be involved in the writing process. But Banks is now contributing to it. Yeah. Um, but she is directing and starring in it. Did oh, she starring. also okay. helped yeah. her, oh, write and direct? I, I know she directed it, but did she also help write Charlie's Angels? Yes, yes. she wrote and directed it. And she she uh, co-wrote, she co-wrote it, yeah. produced it, and directed and starred in Charlie's Angels. Also, Pitch Perfect too. Yes. Yeah. Also, not very good. <laughs> right. That's a shame. Um, I think I think when she wears too many hats, but I also respect the fact that like she's doing it to try to get. I respect that she's doing it, trying to make sure that more representation. You know, 100%. she's like doing she's doing with a little more clout the things Michelle Rodriguez really wants to do. Yes, yes, yes. Um, and I respect that. I appreciate that. Me too. I just hope that the quality shows on screen. Same. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. This is an interesting turn for the Universal franchise right now. I again, I think. I think this tells us that that Invisible Man movie is going to be awesome, though. I hope so. Yeah. If they're like, yeah, I mean, let's push through with this Invisible Universe. Okay. Um, this one's a little kooky, and I just wanted to say it because it's it's kind of weird. And I love it's cookies. It's a slow news week. I love cookies. Per page six, Johnny Depp is producing oh, an no. unauthorized musical about the king of pop, Michael Jackson, where Michael's story is told through the point of view of his famous uh, sequin glove. Yeah, I saw this. This is opening in LA on January 25th, and the show is titled For the Love of, Glo- of a Glove, an unauthorized musical fable about the life of Michael Jackson as told by his glove. It comes out in January? Yeah. I did not realize it was actually this close to happening. So it's it's just a stage musical. No, as yeah. Far as, yeah. Uh, it's described as a look, a look into the strange forces that shaped Michael and the scandals that bedeviled his reputation. And yes, it's narrated by the talking, singing glove. It's written by Julian Nitzberg, and uh, it'll also feature the musical performances, uh, performers acting alongside life-size puppets of the Jackson 5, Donnie Osmond, Emmanuel Lewis, Corey Feldman, and Bubbles the Chimp. Um, um this seems mm. in bad taste. This does. Corey Feldman? Oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> Johnny Depp. They'll be puppets. Johnny Depp. They will be life-size puppets. Uh... Can we not? Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp in the midst of his own scandals that he's been dealing with for the past few years. Can we seriously not? And that dude's like part of like a big, like, uh, he's like part of a rock group, like, uh, what are they Hollywood Vampires. Hollywood Vampires with like Alice yeah. Cooper and stuff. Like, he's just all over the place yeah. doing what he wants. I thought that was too weird not to, uh, I saw, I on saw, a slow Newsweek touch I on. saw the headline and I was like, oh, that'd be weird if that happens, but it opens in like a month and a half. Yeah. Okay. Yep. <laughs> yep. Sh- just it got me when it said told through the sequence glove. I mean, this gives me like like maybe it's gonna be like cats. It'll just be too wacky. It'll be I so thought great. of the. Do you remember the old N sixty four game Glover? Glover. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, I thought Hemp that helper. too. It's like why would you want it? Who cares? I mean, what? The, the, uh, Who took th- that much acid? <laughs> I mean, Johnny Depp. He drinks ten thousand dollars worth of wine a day. Um, <laughs> like Michael Jackson's biopic was eventually gonna get made. Every big Hollywood person gets made. Um, weird that the first one is a unauthorized Johnny stage Depp glove musical. musical. It's a stage musical. Right, it's still not a movie. Yeah. Uh, but it, it's bizarre. Uh, yeah, I just wanted to throw that. It's, it's too weird. Thank you for putting this in my brain. <laughs> I'm going to dream about uh, what this looks the like. The biggest news of this week is probably that Godzilla vs. Kong has been delayed eight months into November 2020. Yeesh. Ugh. Yeah, originally that, scheduled to open on March. I can't say I'm entirely surprised because if it was still opening in March, we should we should have seen a trailer by now. Yeah. yeah. Um. So it was originally scheduled for March 13, 2020. It has now been postponed to November 2020. 
So do you know? So do you know what the movie was going to open around in March? Uh, I can I can pull it up okay. while you talk so, about this. So uh, it was going to open up near a big movie in March, and they moved it eight months, you know, for for more time for production, blah blah blah. But now that it's opening up in November, Ben, do you know what movie it comes out uh, the week after? What? Marvel's The Eternals. Oh so shit! Godzilla is going to probably not do well. Nope. Godzilla vs Kong. The last two Godzillas haven't really done spectacularly well. Well, maybe it'll do decent the first week, but the second Eternals come out, tank. Well, God, the thing is, know. and I brought this up to Ryan, it's no, it's that there is a decent chance uh, that this won't, this will actually help Godzilla internationally. Because Eternals is, there's a good chance Eternals is not going to get to screen in China. Oh, because yeah. uh, LGBT representation is banned. Yep. Yeah, that's right. So there's a decent chance that that will be the case, and that could cause an interesting shakeout for it. Uh, here's our movies. Let's see. Um, it was going to open after Onward, one week after Onward. A big Pixar movie. Uh, and one week before A Quiet Place Part 2. Oh, hmm. yeah. That's still scheduled to come out in March. Yeah, that we need a trailer for that movie soon yeah, too. We d- we're probably gonna get it during the Christmas season. Yikes! Um, but now it is coming out uh, one, two weeks after the third Fantastic Beast film, three weeks after the Eternals. Oh, uh, okay. Um, and that it's actually not in the worst spot and one week before the new disney anime film ray and the last dragon mm, um okay. i thought it was a week before eternals okay. no it's 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 a good three weeks after so, i still don't think it's gonna do very well i think it pro- i think it probably has about the same shot as it did yeah. before i don't think this is gonna hurt change it much and hopefully it'll make it better i don't think like in comparison to like what it's competing with i don't think it's gonna no yeah no matter where it is but i i i just don't think if Godzilla King of the Monsters with that incredible trailer didn't entice people to see it, I like even Godzilla versus Kong. Like I, I just don't know if people care about big monsters. We'll have to see. I know. I mean, I don't know. Like no, no, I, I know, I know. Well, I, I don't know. Like I know people don't give a shit about King <clears throat> Kong. Right. Like, Americans don't care about either of these creatures. How dope, even if they're dope. Um, I just, I think this is going to be a big old bomb, unfortunately. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I don't want that to be true, but you know. Yeah, I don't want it to be true either. But we'll we'll have to see. Yeah. We'll just wait. Yeah. Well, at least we're getting it next year, so woohoo for that. Yep. For now. Uh trailers. Oh we have yes. one this week. We have so many trailers. <laughs> one one kind of trailer. Not even a real trailer. Uh Xfinity hey. released a pseudo sequel oh. to E. T. in its campaign ad. That is E two T. E two T. It's been a very, very long time since I saw E. T. But I know this is an ad. No, you didn't. But you just saw all of it summed up in about four minutes. Uh, yeah, this was the remake slash reboot. Oh, wow. <laughs> just with the, the older family. Yeah. Slash abridged. Yeah. yeah, slash abridged, yeah. But it was still kind of wholesome. It was oh, nice. no, it's very sweet. I, I think what works in its favor is that we haven't really seen E.T. stuff. Yeah. Since E.T., there mm-hmm. hasn't been much use of him in marketing or anything direct. No. Yeah. Um, and that kind of makes this work. I think uh, is that he has been so absent from things like that. Having Elliot helps too. Indeed, yeah. uh, having, having the, the actor who played too. Elliot helped too. Um, yeah, it's just it's very sweet. Xfinity. It's very nice. It's very bizarre that they went for it, but like, ET is a movie that I don't know needed a sequel. Yeah. So it, having something like this is. Okay, that's fine. That gave me a lot of like the feels I would probably get in nice in a nice little bite-sized chunk without having to put at risk everything for a movie that probably wouldn't be be good. 
We don't know that. No, but I mean, like, I'm not saying that it can't be good. I'm saying probably wouldn't be. I can't. I can't. I can't say anything with hypotheticals. Yeah. Uh, it's just it. It's not even like trying to sell you Xfinity. Like it doesn't like it doesn't sneak an ad in there in any way. It's just like a it's four just, minute short <clears throat> film. And, right. then, and then Xfinity. Xfinity at the end of it. Uh, so I guess I appreciate them not trying to be I, like ET trying to connect to the internet or something like that. I mean, the, the only like ad thing you could probably see is like the the de- Elliot holding up the, the control and saying, "Hey, show me holiday movies." And there's a bunch of holiday movies because oh, Xfinity well, is, that, is, a, is that Xfinity? Is Xfinity an internet service? I don't know what Xfinity is anymore. It's like it's a cable uh, provider. It's, it's right? like it's like a in it's like a cable and internet provider. Yeah. I think so, my the mom only, is Chicago so the only is. time they actually just throw it. At, but even the, then, like he's not saying Xfinity do this. Like yeah. it's it's he's just like, hey, show me holiday movies, and he sees a bunch of holiday mo- movies, and the whole family is asleep except for him and ET. I'm also glad that ET wasn't on that list of movies. Uh, me too. <laughs> that would have been a little much. That would have been okay. That you're heavy handed there. Yeah. Right. Uh, what else was I gonna say? I mean, it was, it was fine. It was wholesome. Didn't didn't yeah. do its job of what make me want to get Xfinity. Heartwarming. Yeah. Nice and sweet. Cool. I've never seen ET. Really? Really? Yeah. Oh. Huh. It's it's my it's my my one. Now you did like yeah and <laughs> and like again like through osmosis with big popular movies like I've seen E.T. Right, it's like you know what happened. But I Some... I will is it on our movie list? I it is. Uh, yeah, I, I'm pretty okay. sure it is because I will never in my life watch E.T. unless like it's on that movie list because like I don't need to, it's just a movie like I don't need to see it. You know, there's so like, many movies that I want to see that I you know right. Seen. It's kind of like me and Scarface because I haven't seen Scarface. But I, bet I know E.T. through is osmosis. even better than Scarface. Scarface is a completely fine movie. Ooh, it it's that's not a that's not a hot take. Scarface is a fine movie. Okay, <laughs> yeah, uh, he's he's right. It's got a lot of really great moments and a lot of not good moments. Yeah, it like it like punctuated in its moment and then that moment seemed to drag itself out through time. People remember it for the end with the badass with the badass like say uh, hello to my little friend. Yes, that's why it's mostly remembered. Yeah, that's my uh, a warm lukewarm take. And mountains of cocaine. Oh yes, <laughs> <laughs> mountains of it. Mountains. Although there's a great line. It's the ice chica. They never lie. That's a good line. Uh, All right, uh, but that's it. That's our news. So wow. uh, we can move into our. This topic. is our shortest episode ever. Yep. What there was like, well, uh, that, that wasn't really trailer. They nope. just that's it. Yeah. Okay. Nope. Don't it. even say it, Ben. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, what's our topic this week, boys? Let's just do it. Hey, this is the topic. We're rolling right into it, just like Charles Xavier rolls into the room without his wheelchair now. Not not anymore. Not anymore because he's dead. Spoilers. Good God, I was not expecting that. No, nobody was, and the internet was aflame for like three days. <laughs> so it's the like topic. it's like they hadn't read before. Yeah, it's like they literally didn't spend four months reading this exact comic. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so the topic for this week, my friends, is the first volume uh, of Dawn of X, the first issue of of all six issues. Six yes. issues. Uh, the yes, first six. issue of yes. all six titles. Um, I this wasn't actually my idea, and then Sparks brought it up, and I was like. Oh my God, you sweet summer child! Thank you, because <laughs> I just want to talk about X Men all day, every day. Um, so yeah, uh, I. Uh, if you say, would you say Ryan that X is gonna give it to you? Oh, X gave it to me real good this week. All right. Um, I'm not in love with every one of these books as much as I want to. No, I'm uh, not either. Um, Same. But uh, I, I, I did find enjoyment in in at least all of them in some way. I um, I found I found enjoyment. There are two sta- like. There was the one I'm at that is on my poll list, which is X Men that I really enjoy. Mm-hmm. And Marauders, I hold was a standout. Marauders is my favorite. Marauders is a standout. I think Marauders is, I think is it's, the clear winner from this first, yeah. uh, first run. Yeah. Um, I liked Excalibur because I like the magic sort of thing. It's very dense. It is. 
but it's, I yes. but I kind of like that stuff. Like Morgan Le Fay, it took me a while that to find out that they're two different Psylocks. And that uh, that's a if you don't know anything about X Men, nope. that is a <laughs> whole lot of shit that's hard to explain. Yeah, I, and I'm not gonna try. And I'm not. Gonna I'll I'll do a little bit when we get to it. Yeah, but all in all, I still had a good time. Yes, definitely not gonna get all six of these on my poll. That's for damn sure. Well, no, that's a that's a lot of money. that is a lot of money. Yeah. But it's I like how each book takes a little bit from other books yes this is the most interconnected the xbox have ever been and uh as i've read almost all the issue twos because we're we're a couple weeks past the these initial first issues um they all they all connect with each other so like you don't necessarily have to read all the books but if you do you get a full story which is really cool right it's, it's a little bit of a bummer but at the same time it's like they still tell you, it's like, it, hey, something happened in a thing. We have to deal with <clears throat> X, Y, and Z. Yes. I.e. Charles's death, which, holy Nobody shit. Nobody expected X-Force uh, to be the most uh, important book of the Right. Yeah. Uh, it really does, having all the titles, make you feel like the scope of what was promised in Hawks Pox is real. Yes. Uh-huh. 100%. Yeah. Um, uh, Sparks, what was your, your favorite uh, favorite book of these issues? Um, p- probably Marauders. Mm-hmm. Uh, but X Force is pretty close. Uh, X Force is a lot of people's least favorite book on the internet. Yeah. Um, but I think again, it's because it is the most extreme book. Really? I think uh, New Mutants is my least favorite. Um, that's or, that yeah. or Fallen Angels. Uh, I'll t- I'll, Fallen Angels and X Force are the two are the bottom uh, for most of the internet. Um, everyone on the internet loves New Mutants because if you know the characters, um, I think it's also just a really fun. It's a funny written written book. Um, and but not knowing the characters kind of uh, detracts a little it bit. It makes it you know hard. what? That's yeah. the reason why because yeah. I don't know any single one of those characters. Yeah. This Either is... w- go on. Even when we see Cyclops' dad, um, Corsair. Yeah, Corsair. I still think if you don't know those characters, the second half of the book still rules. It's still funny. Corsair and the Star Jammers are hilarious, especially when they strand him on that planet. Yeah, that part is funny. But everything else is like I don't care about these characters. It's hard, especially um, with I- with uh, Rain Sinclair. Who is Wolf Spain? If you guys noticed, does she not look like Maisie Williams to you guys? I didn't even think I about that. Oh, you guys got to I got to look up this cover hole in real quick. Um, but this is what Brandon brought up about New Mutants a, wa- a few weeks back is that he said uh he said that he had trouble with New Mutants mostly because he doesn't know the characters. And, and I think that's fair. Yes. Um I think the yes. Uh, that looks a little bit like Maisie Williams. No, she kind of does. Because it's, this, these are the characters from the movie that never came out. Oh. There's a new Mutants movie coming out, which are all of these characters. Hasn't come out yet. Yet. <laughs> Keyword there being yet. Yes. Um, yes, this is... I. It's weird, because I think New Mutants might be like the best character book, besides Marauders. But if you don't necessarily know the characters, I think Marauders is a much easier entryway. Uh, cause 100%. Like, yeah, because like even if you don't know who um, the original Pyro is, you get a clear, distinct... Uh, uh, impression. Impression of his character. Uh, he just like woke up after being resurrected. I think, I think that's the thing. I, I, I'm not faulting the book for it at all, but yeah, yeah. New Mutants is not written to get get you to know these characters. Yes, it to is. To let you play catch-up. It's like, uh, you know them or you don't. Good luck. Yes, I, I do think issue two, um, I think issue two is better than this first issue and it does uh, give a lot more personality and a little bit more backstory. Sure. Um, I think the more time you spend with them at all is going to help. Yes. Uh, but just for like a first single issue, it it's a challenge. Yes, it does. I, I still recognize that like, oh, I like this. This is a this is cool. Like, I like what's happening. I just don't really understand all the character beats. I, um, I even if you don't, 
know these characters. I think the interaction between Cypher and Mondo when when uh, Mondo gets Krakoa. Krakoa in him. Yeah, in yeah. Him, and then he's like, Douglas, Aaron Ramsey, I do not like this. Please yeah. get me out. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. And I think the art is incredible. Yes, um, I agree with so that. The art Bill, is good. Bill Sienkiewicz, who did the original New Mutants run, uh, uh, he has a very painterly, ethereal style that, um, that the current artist, Rod Reese, uh, is very similar to his style. Uh, and... Uh, the the thing I love most is much like my favorite artist Phil Noto, he has great uh, facial expressions. Like you can tell uh, all the emotions from all these characters. Uh, and there's oh uh, yeah, Ben there, read, uh, read those four lines. I'm, I'm going to I'm yeah. going to. I, yeah, I, I, there's a line. Yeah, yeah. So one of the um, new is like, why would you do that? What did any of us done to deserve it? You people ruined my plans. The angry girl cut off my arm. Like children, I do not. And you stole my whiskey. Actually, you lost that fair and square. And now you lost a ride. Yeah, that's a. There's a lot of really, really good uh, comedic moments in this book. Yeah, I think like that whole part kind of made the book worth it for me, yeah. especially when the the new mutants are like, "Oh yeah, we're just gonna hop a ride with the star jam on the star jammer or with the star jammers, and we're just gonna go get our friend out of Shi'ar space, and we're also gonna ruin everything for them because screw them, we're a bunch of teenagers." God yeah. bless Wolverine and the X Men because I wasn't totally lost. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh. Um, because uh, of the Shi'ar stuff, or yeah, yeah. Or, okay, yeah. Excellent. I was a little lost, but I do. I will say uh, my final thing on New Mutants is um, I do think the second half of the book is much stronger. I think the first half is a lot of setup, but it still doesn't set up the character traits of the character of the individual New Mutants very well. I think the character you get the most personality from is Magic uh, Ileana because she has the like, she's like I will cut you if you take my coffee. Sure, she is she is the funniest character in the X Men, and she I think she has a very clear personality. The others are a lot more. We're all just kind of funny characters, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think New Mutants is pretty dope. But uh, Ben, I see you're looking at. Excalibur. I really enjoyed Excalibur. I love I love the art for almost all these. Yeah, things. the art is great, but also I love there's this great part where um Apocalypse. I'm not crazy about the art in Fallen Angels. Neither am I. It's yeah. I think it's it's the least. It's oh, the least. I think the art is good in all of the other titles, and Fallen Angels is not the, the one facial I like expressions in there oh, are a little wack. Like this part. So um Betsy uh Betsy Braddock goes to Krakoa, and then we get a shot of um Apocalypse just staring out, and the Trinari is like, uh, Mr. Apocalypse, please, Trinari. I prefer you call me something that I can't say. And even <laughs> she says, sure, I can pronounce that. Yeah. And uh, the whole issue is them like, hey, Apocalypse, I prefer if you call me this weird Krakoa and A that uh, I can't I, say. I love all the naming conventions for all these Xbox because so many characters are evolving as characters and getting new names. Um, Kitty Pride wants to be called Kate. Uh, mm -hmm. Betsy Braddock, who was Psylocke, now does not want to be Psylocke anymore because there's another Psylocke, which we'll get to why. Yeah. Right. Um, but she, she becomes the new Captain Britain, much like Carol Danvers becomes the new Captain Marvel. Uh -huh. yeah. This is a huge character moment Yo, for a I didn't know Jubilee character. had a son. Oh, yeah, Shogo. Oh, yeah. yeah, this is... She's had a son for a long time. Cool. Oh, yeah. But also this... Uh, like, because she takes up the name of Psylocke. Betsy Braddock does for a hot second. She's yes. throwing these purple swords. I'm like, oh, that's rad. Because mm -hmm. I thought she was, like, the other Psylocke, but apparently I was wrong. And then even at the end of the issue, she comes back, and she's, like, Captain Britain with a sword. I'm like, oh, that's cool. Yeah, so like her that. her brother is the is Captain Britain, Um, and then something bad happens to him, so she has to take up the like Morgan, Like Morgan Le Fay, who's Queen Regia of Camelot in Otherworld now. Oh, my God. Guys, just... The second the I saw Morgan so Le Fay, and I'm like, okay, I'm kind of into this. And then they brought in Betsy, they brought in Captain Brigham, and I'm like, okay, I'm also into this. There's, I'm really into this. I like this. Excalibur is the most mythology-heavy book, and it ties in um, lots of X-Men lore. It ties in Otherworld, which is an entirely separate thing altogether. That like We, we read an X I think we read an X-Force. Uh, right? Did you read that volume of X-Force with yeah. Otherworld? Okay, yeah. Yeah. Um, 
Uh, it is. The, I think it is the most dense, and I think issue two helps uh, uh, fully realize some of that stuff. Um, but I think uh, it's not my. It's not my favorite because uh, there's a lot. Uh, Marauder, there's, there's Mars a lot is definitely on. my favorite. Yeah, I mean Marauders and X Men are my two favorites, but mm-hmm. I really liked Excalibur. Yeah, even though I don't know, I think I re- I do remember reading that X Force um, volume of Otherworld, but yeah. I, I can't remember. I was a little lost, but I was lost to a point of. I know I don't get this, but I'm still intrigued and yeah. I want to see what happens. Not lost like I'll have Fenton New Mutants where I don't know what the flying frack yeah, is going yeah. on. You know who Rogue and Gamut are. You don't yeah. know who... I, I agree with you that it's very dense, but like the, the core of what's happening in Excalibur, I'm like, I'm into this. Yeah. Yeah. Something's going on in Otherworld. Um, and, I, and again, I love Rogue and the, Gamut. The whole core of like Betsy Braddock... Uh, and her her history with her two brothers mm-hmm. and her Jamie and Brian. right and her having to face uh, Morgan and that resulting in her becoming the new Captain Britain uh, mm-hmm. all that I'm like cool I am down to see this whole thing go yes. like yeah and go also ahead. I like Apocalypse saying that there is magic I'm here to help you with the magic with like magic stuff even though he's a mutant yeah. he's like yeah magic existed back in the day. I I'm I'm gonna help you with that stuff. I know this shit. And there's a there's a line that's like Morgan Le Fay says like, uh, "You people take magic from my world and use it." Right. Um, yeah. And that's like a whole other thing. Like, oh man, like we can bring Doctor Strange into this. We can uh-huh. we can make it big. And like that's why I love X Men because we like, can bring Doctor Doom into yeah, this. Do- like X Men has like its own huge mythology that's just as big as the entire Marvel universe. Like there's so much lore happening in all these books in so many different ways. Like it's it's a it's bananas. Yeah, can we so- talk about Fallen Angels now? Because I I kind of want to get one of the weaker ones out. Yeah, um, well, it, it's a good transition into Psylocke and Quanin. So, real quick history. Okay. The original Psylocke, Quanin, is a, is a, is a Japanese uh, uh, ninja lady. Betsy Braddock is a uh, purple-haired British uh, aristocrat. Uh, Betsy Braddock's mind gets transported into Quanin's body. Okay. And then that and then something happens where they switch bodies or something. It's very confusing. I don't know the full history, but basically, Psylocke was Betsy Braddock, and then Quanin was just Quanin. She was not Psylocke. Okay. So this is again the character evolution of she is now going to reclaim the name of Psylocke, and Betsy Braddock is just going to go by Betsy Captain Britain. Uh huh. That's the best assumption I can get. I there's so much that I that I like about the ideas in this book. I just don't think it's executed well at all. Sure. Almost at all. Sure. Would you agree? Uh. I like everything that was the conversation with Magneto and Sinister. Yes, all, that all, all of that yeah. of like how how it's kind of like underhanded and manipulating the system of like what Krakoa is yeah. and and making these dirty deals. That kind of shows like the seeds of like you know uh, not everybody's as being as honest as they not need to be in, uh, in Krakoa. Um, yeah. uh, that part I like, but then the the rest of it is um, part of it is just it's like the, building a team book. In the, a way. The, the, the art just kind of makes me. Tune it out. Yeah, I kind of like um, Laura. X twenty three. Here's the, here's yeah. the problem though. Um, and and the the writer Edward Hill has actually came on Twitter and he said he apologizes and like he he hates the line that he wrote. But um, there's a line in here where she says where Quanin asks Laura, "What do you want?" Like in life, and she's like, "I want to escape from Logan's shadow." Yeah, she said does and say that. Laura has not been in Logan's shadow for like a decade. <laughs> And that's a line of someone who doesn't know anything about the character, sure, and doesn't realize that she was Wolverine for five years, right? Um, yeah, even I, I, I read some of that title, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Even when I was flipping I've through club, yeah. Falling Angels, I was like, man, I don't remember half of this. 
I mean, it was it was the last issue I read last night, but still, a lot of the issues, like, I remember a lot from X-Force. I even remember a lot of New Mutants. I didn't mm-hmm. like New Mutants all that much. Fallen Angels was kind of like, it's a, it was a fly over my head. It's, it's like, hey, it happened, yeah. but I'd rather go back to reading about Kate Pride and her Marauders. I'd rather go back to reading the main X-Men title. I'd rather go back to the Excalibur and yeah. X-Force, maybe. Um, the, I, I really, because, like, I'm a, I like big cosmic weird stuff, so, like, the, I, the idea of this new god coming and, like, uh, and this god, like, oh, mutants finally have their own thing. Don't interfere, and we won't interfere with you while we take over the humans or whatever. I think that's the idea, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and there's, like, this god that's killing children, um... And I, yeah, there is one up. line that I do like where she's like, how can you, where Quan is like, how can you kill children? Like, you're a monster. And then the god's like, you have no idea how hard it is to kill a child. Uh-huh. And Spoke, I'm like, spoken as someone who's never had to kill a child. Yes. Um, and I, that intrigues me a little bit. But uh, issue two has come out and apparently it's it's no better. Uh, so I this is the one that I'm going to drop unless I hear it gets significantly better. Right. Because uh, again, six books is a lot of money to continue yeah. with. And all these books, these issue ones are four ninety nine at pop. Yes, so. they are. They are almost double sized. Are they um, gonna be four ninety nine for the rest? No, of the no. Run? It, all the issue twos are three ninety nine. Oh, thank God. Oh no, yeah, yeah. All of these first Marvel and DC like to release like uh, like double sized first issues. Yeah, makes sense because yeah. this is the first issue they're trying Spoiler to. Spoiler alert: Wolverine number one, seven ninety nine. Jesus, how- but. It's eighty pages. Okay, I can so that. it is two full size comics. Excuse me, it is it is is two double size comics. He said he wrote two double size comics for this one issue. Um, so it's a it's an expensive book. It's out. expensive, but we're getting the content, so it's worth it. And I'll tell you what, that's a good transition into X Force because oh, Benjamin Percy, who is the writer of the Wolverine book, wrote X Force, and I think he writes a damn good Wolverine, my friend. So when I was reading Hawks Pox, one of my biggest fears when I was getting into it was something is going to happen. And Krakoa's going to come under attack. Uh, yep, yep, yep. While, while I was reading House of X and Powers of Ten. Yeah. My fear finally came true in X-Force. Issue one. Issue that's why epic one. I think that's why people were so mad. I, like, I love, um, I think it was either X-Force or Marauders. It's probably X-Force where there was like the official statement of the non-tree nations from Krakoa. The unofficial statement from the non-trees of Krakoa. Yeah, yeah, pretty yeah. much them, pretty much Xavier saying, hey, don't F with us. Yes. And, and like, and guess what happens? Someone Fs with them and they kill Xavier in the last page. Um, yeah. So there is this organization. Oops, excuse me. <coughs> so Domino. I love Domino. Domino Soda. If you got this in Deadpool too. Oh yeah, uh, I was happy to see Domino yeah. back. Uh, Domino has a like luck abilities. Like she just everything turns. She's up in lucky. Her favor. She's really lucky. Um, uh, she goes on this assignment and she gets captured. Uh, and we don't hear from her. And like the X Men are like, hey, we haven't heard from Domino. What's going on? And they are so they are so sure about their status on Kakoa that they're so safe. Black Tom Cassidy. I know you guys don't know anything about Black Tom Cassidy. I don't know who the fuck he is, but he was cool. I don't know anything about Black Tom Cassidy because he's he's like an X Men villain that's super like he's not obscure, but he's just one who pops up every now and then. And you're he controls the X Men guy. No, I I am an X Men guy, but you got to realize like forty years. Of I know X-Men, forty years of X Men. It's, it's hard. hard. Uh, and again, like I'm I'm an Iron Man guy <laughs> first and foremost. Um, but Black Tom Cassidy is like the security network for Kokoa. He controls the plants. He he talks to Kokoa, and he's like, I don't feel safe. This doesn't feel safe. And everyone's like, Ah, it's fine, Black Tom. Don't worry. Uh, you have Beast and Logan. And and what oh man real quick, what I love about all these X Men books is all the Logan specifically is written different from from each book's perspective. So Marauders, Kitty is buying him booze and, right. and steaks, yeah. and the Logan we see there is happy and he's like, ah, oh, Kitty, you saved my life for this all right. this booze. Uh-huh. And, and then, then of course they're like, does Logan know you're in his stash? He doesn't need to know. Uh, he says no. <laughs> Kitty says I, I am, am the, the stash. stash. Yeah. I uh, got Kitty's the standout character in this whole thing. I think. Um, I Kate, agree. Thank you. Yeah. Kate, thank you. I keep forgetting. Sorry, Kate. Um, but in this, Logan is like hunting this this Krakoan beast, and it's like predators 
predators show up where there is prey, and we are prey, and we are not safe like everyone thinks we are. Uh huh. Uh, and then and then Krakoa gets attacked by this brilliant team of of like cybernetic reavers, um, who they, they hijack use a, plane. a commercial f- airplane. They, they use ha- a commercial flight that's going from Seoul to Hawaii. Yep. They just jump out of it. I'm assuming they they're. I'm assuming they're. Well, they knock everyone on the plane out with the laughing gas and the the oxygen masks. Yep. So I am assuming everyone on that plane is gonna die no matter what. I because they just jump out of it. And as far as we can tell, they don't put on the autopilot. There's nothing to save those people. So those I'm people are pretty dead. Pretty sure those people are dead. So they fall to the Krakoa. They land perfectly, and they're and and they just. It's like uh, nobody can detect them. No, That's no the one thing. detects them. That's the and thing. there's this. Horrible. There's okay. It's not horrible, but it's like this horrid scene of a mom playing with her daughter or her son, and then you hear blam. Kid is still holding the hand and goes, uh-huh. "Mommy," and she is dead on the floor, and gunfire is just blasting everywhere. Yes, and um, the reason that they are undetectable is because when all of them are dropping from from the plane, they're using Domino signal. They're using Domino signal, but the thing Domino doesn't have a signal. It's her. It's her X gene that gives her luck. So something bad has happened to Domino, right? And yeah. they're using her DNA in some way to hide their hide their identities. So it looks mm-hmm. like Domino's coming. Mm-hmm. So uh, they think they're safe, and then oh hey, Domino's back! Like she was missing, and now she's back. And then like it's a massacre. And uh, the next issue of X Force came out, and it's I think they said like something like forty something mutants were killed, um, and, and injured. Um, and this is a lot of people did not like this first issue because I think they felt that the attack happened too fast. And I think I, I don't think it's too fast. Like you, you establish this nation of Krakoa, people are going to retaliate just like you retaliated with the forge, with the Orcus Forge in space. Right, right. Yeah. Like they're not going to wait until you get more powerful. They're going to attack when when they have the chance. Right. Yeah. So I a lot of like I know Patrick Williams really like this issue. Mm-hmm. Like I like breaking him up because he's like he's like usually like a barrier of good quality. And I'm like okay, I really like this issue too. Um, and a lot of people are like okay, upon issue two, uh, coming out, it's like okay, we were a little. We were a little extreme on this first issue. Um, I think the art's radical. Yeah, the art is really good in this one. I agree. I agree. You guys should see issue two because, like, there's some stuff um, uh, with Domino that's like really horrifying. Then, like, the art, like, this is a uh, a pretty brutal looking book. And we know how the X Men can come back to life, but I'm there was a contingency to bring Xavier back to life, right? So that's the thing. Xavier is the guy who brings who he's like the, he's the mental uh, he's the he's the, the computer he's the hard drive and yeah and he needs to be connected to Cerebro at all times to keep the updates happening so now that he's dead um I'm not like it's not a spoiler he's not immediately back in issue two right. he's not immediately back like right they they it's, it's gonna be a process it's gonna be a process because um, I know they have con- contingency plans for everything yes um there might be some more complications that you'll see later on in, in the second issue um but yeah Xavier dying in this in the first issue was like oh shit it was a big to me because re- reading X-Force I was like that is that happened quick because I was yeah. wondering when these uh, non-treaty nations the ones the nations that oppose it was Sokovia Krako- Krako- yeah it was Sokovia because I noticed when he goes to Sokovia he drinks that champagne and you see like that little black thing in his thing yep. and they're he calling him known, man. it's Charles Xavier the new protector of Sokovia I'm like oh no yeah. this is bad and that's a, that's another thing that I really like it shows Charles Xavier is like he he's become such a strong person. Like he he's basically eliminated his. He's weakness, overconfident, but now he is overconfident. Oh yeah, and he's like, oh, no one's gonna try to hurt me. I'm right. I'm a god. Surprise, like, oh, but Sokovia wants you dead, yeah. bud. Um, I was figuring it was Latveria to strike first. Nah, but no. Doctor like, Doom has 
in Doctor Doom solo book, he's dealing with his own shit. Okay. Oh yeah, he. I think Coco is even mentioned. But Doctor like, Doom doesn't. He, give he's a got shit. a solo series. Doctor Doom's on it. Doctor Doom doesn't give a shit about Coco. He's dealing with his own thing. Yeah, he doesn't need their magic or, or their uh, their, their drugs. Yeah, because um, he is magic. Now, if you now because of solicits, uh, Charles Xavier is on the cover of X Men number five. So or X Men number six. Like we've we've seen the covers. So I'm like, okay, he's coming back soon. So like it's not gonna be a prolonged mystery. Sure. We know he's gonna come back. Well even then in Hawksbox they show they show you that even when the X Men die, we can bring him back no problem. Yes. It's not like this long convoluted way well, of Well, but it's it is more complicated because it's Charles. It is more complicated because it's Xavier. Well um, the other the other forty mutants that yes. died. Sure. Yeah. It's they, like like even when this kid seeing his kid's mom die right in front of him, it's like that sucks, but that thought, oh, but Xavier could bring him back. They're, they could just bring him back. The yeah, five that will help him. That doesn't undo trauma. Yes. Yeah, that do, yeah, you're right. That doesn't undo and trauma. That's the whole point of of this of like what Jonathan Hickman did with the with the eggs and bringing them back is like the trauma can still happen. It's just like yeah. we don't have to worry about them never coming back. Like that's yeah. not a plot device we can rely on. Um, and the thing that I really like uh, last thing about X Force is that all the humans use the same wordage and language that Magneto and Xavier are using. Like look at what they've done, and they do the same thing in X Men and the first X Men uh-huh. issue. Like yes. like look at what they've built and all this stuff. And I'm like everyone thinks the exact same way. Yeah. Like like look what the humans that's right. have done. Well, look what the mutants um, have done. Storm like when Storm is talking to Cyclops is, and she's saying. I know we're jumping ahead to the oh, yeah. to the main X Men title, and she's like, "Look at what these humans done. Look what they put all their brains. They built. They could have done so much greatness, mm-hmm. and instead they use it to destroy us." Yeah. Oh man, I just turned to the scene where like the dudes are like are, are uh, they they're, paradiving, uh, and like you can see they have white strips on their oh, bodies. Oh, domino, yeah. So like that can That's give prob- you. A- it looks like pieces of domino. I'm not. Yeah, guys, issue two is wacky. Okay, <laughs> I love it. Um, so let's go to. Uh, hey, let's go to something that doesn't hurt my soul. X Men Marauders. Oh, let's yeah, yeah. Let's save X Men for last. It is the last one. Did yeah. we talk about Excalibur already? Yes, we did. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Apocalypse. I really like Excalibur. We can't pronounce his name. Huh? We can't pronounce Apocalypse's name. No, his I can't. New, his new A. No. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, guys, what's going on with Kitty Pride? Excuse me. Sorry. What's going on with Kate Pride? Well, I do like how she calls herself Kate at the end of the issue. Yes, call me Kate. And I also feel really bad for her because she's about to walk inside uh, a gate and she breaks her nose. Yeah. Uh, I feel and, so bad for her. And it's created, like, this This new look for Kitty Pride is, like, like maybe the most, like, iconic look she's, she'll ever have because, like, she's got, a, she's got a black eye. Like, she's going she's to get some tattoos on her wrist. Um, she's, uh, she's wearing, like, captain's clothing. Uh, which well, that's from later. the variant cover. We yes, don't, you'll, we, you see it later. You yeah. See, and if you've seen the solicits again, like, they reveal a lot of stuff. Um, uh, unfortunately, I have not seen the solicits No, it's okay. Uh, but she's a, she's a captain of a ship. But, she's a pirate. Uh, she's a pirate. Bottle um, of rum. So, yeah, she can't get into Krakoa. Krakoa will not let her in. Well, right. she, she can't get... Through Kokoa via the gate. She, yes. She's still allowed on the island because she's a mutant. She yes. just can't get through the regular mutant means of just walking through a gate. Uh, I hope you guys read her captain's log. Yes, yes I did. Okay, good, because it's hilarious. Where it's, where, uh, it's like, sorry, whoever I stole this boat from from San Diego, you're not getting the yeah. boat back. Uh, and it's like day three, like, I, I understand why pirates drink day, so much. Day two. I am the captain now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I get why pirates drink so much. I hope Logan isn't mad that I drink some of his booze. Yeah. Uh, and then like the last one's like I'm really sorry whoever shipped this is you're never getting it back. Yep. <laughs> I also like Logan's uh, shopping list. Yeah. Yeah. Like thanks Kitty I I, I owe you a bunch. It's like so get this whiskey get it from this guy get it from this guy here's where to get all my stuff from. Yeah. Um. And also uh, it, it's called Rendezvous in Tennessee. It's where he gets his like ribs or something from. That's a real place that uh, Jerry Duggan likes to go to. Oh must be a it, I think I've heard of that. Yeah. Well there's I used to watch the Travel Channel a lot and well, they, they would can always apparently FedEx to you. Oh nice. There you go. Um, but yeah, so Kitty, 
uh, gets a telepathic, telepathic message from my best girl in the world, Emma Frost. Uh-huh. And Emma Frost is like, listen, Kitty, I have a proposition for you. And then she's like, oh, Storm said no, didn't she? And he's like, yeah, 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 but you're going to be great, I promise. <laughs> uh, I, think that's a, I think that's such a good Emma line. It's like, yeah, you weren't even my first choice. Um, she's like, listen, Kitty, you can't get into Krakoa, but there's a people all over the ocean that need to get to Krakoa. So why don't you captain And also, the ship? doesn't Iceman go to Russia to try and uh, help yeah. o- free a Krakoan gate that yeah, the yeah, Russians yeah. blocked off? Yeah, Russia doesn't like mutants. Uh, that's well, the thing is, they don't like mutants. They also don't like, don't like mutants going to Krakoa, yes, they which is really weird. Yeah, Russia uh, is kind of intolerant about a lot of things. In comics and real life. What, yeah. what do you mean is really weird? I don't know, because if they don't... The way I see it is, if you don't like mutants, just let them leave, and if you don't they're, like... They're a labor force. Oh, oh, I didn't catch that's, that part. That's what he's saying, is that they they're, they they were saying they were going to ship us off to... Oh, to a gulag. That's yeah. right. Mm-hmm. I forgot about that. There you go. Yeah, Iceman's trying to go be a they're, they're, They make mutants an enslaved labor force. Oh, oh, is it in X-Force where Colossus gets beat up in Russia? Yeah. yeah. That's right. Yeah, Colossus Kitty, got beat Kitty up. He brings Colossus back <clears throat> to... Um, to Krakoa, mm-hmm. and they're helping Krakoa, and they're helping him and a whole bunch of other wounded people out. And right. Kitty goes to help out um, Iceman in Russia to free the Krakoan Gate. Oh boy, what a great battle! Yeah, what a great scene. Uh, use Kitty's. Uh, uh, and again, I brought this up weeks ago when we we talked about Hawkspox. Um, Chris Claremont introduced the idea of the mutants having limits, so Kitty has to hold her breath. Like she goes three, right. two, one while holding her breath to get through the tank. And I'm like, thank you. Jerry yeah. Duggan, thank you for bringing that back. That's I, that's a nice little touch where she's not like the most incredible, invincible character ever. So I did not realize how powerful Kitty or Kate Pride is yeah, until boy. I was watching reading or not watching until I was reading because I've always loved her in X Men Evolution, the TV mm-hmm. show. That's mm-hmm. where I was first introduced to her, and of course that quick little scene in X Men where she just or would in later in X Men movies where she's walking through walls is yeah. on the page, but when she takes that rifle. And sticks it inside the legs of two soldiers. Yep, yep, yep. And she's just like dot. Bullets are literally passing through her. She's becoming transparent and and like tangible, tangible and intangible at will. It's like you are freaking powerful. No one. I don't think anyone can beat her. It's um, like in a sheer test of strength. Yeah. Doesn't matter how strong you are. You could level a building with one fist, but if you can't land a hit on Katie Pryor, exactly. you're you're screwed. Yeah, she's tough, and she was trained by Wolverine, so she's got some serious skills. Oh yeah. Uh, I mean, also Wolverine X Men. She helped um, lead the Jean Grey school. Yep, yep. She was. But like teacher. when she gets her that sword from that one dude, it's like, ah, uh, yeah. Yes. Yo ho, yo ho! A pirate's life for me. Uh, there's a great there's a great scene earlier where Emma Frost is talking about Kate and how she respects her, and like you never you're never you never kick someone when they're down. And then there's a great scene where she kicks some. She kicks one of these Russian dudes when he's down. She's like, "And one more for good luck." And I'm like, "Oh, oh yeah, one more just for fun." Yeah, or something. and I'm like, "Oh, oh, you're you're, and you're evolving." She has this like great line where she's drinking whiskey. It's like, "I want to fight." When she's talking to Iceman, she's like, "I want to fight Agro Hugh." Oh yeah, like yeah. Uh, Come with me on my boat. Oh yeah, uh, like he he almost dies, like because uh, this Russian guy can depower mutants. Yeah, he has like a um he has a uh, knockoff Iron Man suit. Yes, that can depower. He's basically mutants. like Chris Dynamo, and and uh, Bobby like runs through the. Cr- on gate almost dies and he's like Kate oh my god there's some aggro humans and she's drunk off her ass and like oh my god I want to fight these guys <laughs> please don't tell Logan I stole a stash I am also a stash. I love her dragon oh Lockheed yeah oh my gosh Lockheed and Pyro I'm, I have dragon fire that's such a great scene yeah oh yeah, when Py- like when Pyro because I didn't realize there was an original Pyro oh, I yeah. just thought Pyro was that kid from the films nope 
And then he's like, hey, you're the original pirate. He's like, yeah, I just woke up and here I am. I'm, yeah, he was I don't a- care what's going on. And then he's like, hey, does anyone have a lighter I can nick off of? She's like, better. He's like, I have mother effing dragon fire. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I think that entire action scene is really well scripted and well and well drawn. And like, again, Marauders just flows so well. It's like it's like the ocean. I love how when uh, Storm is like, you know, I don't approve of the name Marauders. And Kay's like, I was on the spot. Who cares? Yeah. Um. Uh. Yeah. Storm. Also, real quick. Storm in all of these books. She's like a. She's like a. Like a nurturing mother character to all to all the X Men, and I love that she's so in so many of these books. Yes. Uh. And she calls Kitty kitten. I think that is so cute. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Marauder is like, and the second issue is uh is also really fun. And then she's like, call me Kate. Yeah. I um, think Marauders is the definite book. Like when I do finally make it back to the storm. Probably gonna try and make a pilgrimage out there next weekend if I can because I really need to pick up my polis and X some books yeah. away. X them. I, w- you know <laughs> what I mean. <laughs> but I'm I'm probably going to see if they have a first issue of Marauders. I don't care if it's a second print at this point. I just want the first issue so I can get Marauders and the and put Marauders on my pull because yeah. that is definitely. I'm I'm still a little iffy on Excalibur. I may borrow the second issue from you see yeah, if yeah. I really want to come into it. But Marauders after I was done reading that it was like this is. For, Ma- yeah, Marauders this, is a ten out of ten. Oh yeah, Marauders yeah. is the high point. I, I knew I was gonna get X Men, and at reading X Men, I still enjoy it. Oh yeah, I enjoy X Men a lot. But Marauders is like this is it, to me. It feels like this is what I come for for comic books. This yes. is fun. This so, is like fun shenanigans that I enjoy. I've read a lot of Jerry Duggan books, and like his Deadpool is really good. I think his Guardians is fine. Um, his independent stuff's really good. But uh, in terms of like the big two, this is probably my favorite thing Jerry Duggan's written. Like it has a clear voice, and and Kate Pride is like such a like fun millennial character. Like she is like she's like such like a regular twenty five like twenty year old like cool chick. And like the way she's written, uh, I just really connect with her as like as like a funny person. Yo, I love her flag. Yeah. The skull with the X on yeah, it. Yeah, dude, it's awesome. It's like, and if, if any mutants are out there, tell our marauders are on the way. And then yeah. Yeah, Storm's like, I don't know if I like the name. Yeah. <laughs> like, I was on the spot. What do you want me to do? Yeah, just the whole, all. it's funny because Kate Pride was one of those X-Men. like, yeah, she's part of the X-Men and I wanted to be there, but I didn't really pay attention to her. Yeah. And now it's like, I because like if you asked me five years ago, hey Ben, would you read a comic book that's all about Kate Pride? I'm like, eh, probably not. And again, that's that's kind of the 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 beauty of this relaunch. Like you have fallen angels, like whether we like the book or not. Like Quanin and Kid Cable are the main characters of a book. Yo, yeah, I like Kate. Okay, there's that's why I said like I said earlier that I've forgotten what happened yeah. to fallen angels. I like Kid Cable. Yeah, and he's also an X Men too. Yeah, I like him a lot more in X Men. Uh, I think he's a lot funnier in X Men. Hey, mom, can I trade guns? Agreed. <laughs> okay, so yeah, let's uh, let's talk about uh, the the flagship title X Men, uh, which is Jonathan Hickman. Um, I so after Hawkspox, I found the first issue of X Men to be pretty tame, and I don't mean that in a bad way. It's just like okay, we got it's the calm down. It's a lot calm down, and it's like okay, now this is the series, and it's gonna be a long, slow burn. Um, right. And every issue he said is kind of be like is almost like an own standalone story. And the second issue is n- not like this first one at all. But um, let's talk about apes with PhDs. <laughs> oh yeah, that's that awesome. Whole, well, they're trying to take down another Orcus stronghold. Yeah, the final Orcus stronghold. And then Magneto shows up. Yes, and he's helping him wreck shit. Um, so we meet. We finally meet. Um, <laughs> find the guy's name. His name's I think his name's Ar uh, D- D- not Arno Devo Killian Doctor. The, he's a blind. It's definitely Killian. Yeah. Okay. So Doctor mm-hmm. Killian, who is uh, the leader of Orcus, who is b- born blind. I didn't know that he was but born blind. But he's able to see in infra- infrared and like three D and like he can see a hundred different ways because of science. Oh. Oh my God, guys. Okay. The vault. Did they mention something about the vault right there, Ben? Yeah. Yeah. Can you they read have, it? Um, it say? Hold up. Find it for me because this is really, really important. 
Uh, let's see. So Polaris is uh, Storm and Polaris are ta- are looking at this girl with like pure black. Like she looks like the negative image of a photograph. Yes. And it's like, what are you talking about? I'm looking right. It's like like this girl's like, I'm not here. You don't see me. And Storm's all, what are you talking about? I'm looking right at you. Polaris says human, but the tachyon bleed suggests massive uh atemporal development. So technically. Post-human. Post-human. Okay, Mike Carey is a huge influence on Jonathan Hickman's run of X-Men, and it is a very underrated, uh, not talked about run of X-Men in the in the uh, like uh, mid to late two thousands. Um, and post-human is like the oh, next evolution of I think, humans. I think I got it. So the post-human says, "I'm I'm weak, so weak." Storm says, "You're from the vault, aren't you?" I emerged mm-hmm. before I was fully cooked, a child born out of time, but I had to. Don't you see? There are wild gods loose in the world. And Magneto, yeah, the only gods on this planet stand here before you, child. Yeah. Uh. So yeah. Um. The Vault and like the children of the Vault are like our posthumans. We saw. I think we saw some of that in like the the year one thousand stuff. Correct. Yeah, we did. The post yes. is that posthuman. Yeah. Yes. Um. So like this is all stuff that like Hickman has taken from old mythology and again bringing it into the sex band. I'm like, oh my god, there's so much. There's so much more X Men I have to read to really understand all this. <laughs> Um, I think the art, Lionel Francis Yu, who is also the artist for the book club, funny enough, uh, I think the art is outstanding. That dude, uh, his, his gritty line work, I really like, and he draws such interesting facial expressions and the way he draws, um, like eyes having shadows and like when people are looking down, uh, it could be really menacing or really hopeful depending on, on the look. Uh, his Magneto looks baller as hell. Agreed. Yeah. There's also a great scene between Cyclops and Polaris. Yeah, um, like Cyclops, man, Cyclops is such a stern, like, like Boy Scout type of character. But uh, she's like, "Do you, Cyclops, do you really believe this dream of Xavier's?" And he's like, "I believe every single word of it." Oh, I found it because this here's the, this dude, right? The yeah, dude he looks so goggles. cool. Yeah, he's talk. He's on the the I want to say the the Mother Mold station that the X Men uh, on the Forge. Yeah, the Forge, and there's look all at what the, they've done. Yeah, and then he's like, "Mutants, just look at what they have done." Yeah, dude. It's like. You murder you mutants too. You're so real quick. Um, at that at the final Orcus base, there's a bunch of scientists, and they take this they take this formula to to they're it's supposed to help them evolve into to beat the X Men, but they basically devolve into gorillas. Uh, so that's why Cyclops says, "Oh, be careful with these apes. They have PhDs." Uh, but they still kick their butts. Yeah. <gasps> Yeah. Yeah, I'm still I'm flipping uh flipping through. Oh, yep, I got back to the room where Wolverine, Jean Grey, and Cyclops rooms are all connected in the summer house. Yeah, uh so Jean Grey's room is in the middle. Yeah. Uh-huh. That is that blew the internet up, my mins. Oh yeah, of course it uh, did. And you know what? As much as yeah, I there's Dr. Gricker who her husband died in Hawksbox, he blew himself up. Yes. So And she's like, I know how to bring him back, and that's where the issue ends. So she has a little crystal and there's a lot of speculation of what that crystal could be. It could either be a part of the M Kron crystal. Okay, X Men lore. It, which is a part of a giant crystal that connects all of reality. So uh, that might be a little too big and cosmic for it to be the red crystal. But there's also a memory chip that was brought up in Hawkspox that uh, has all the memory and life of someone. So uh, it might be that. I don't know. It's the first issue. It's a cliffhanger. The right, thing yeah. that I really like about this ex- issue of X Men is the Scott Summers and the Summers family barbecue. Oh yeah, yeah. This is why I love this comic. Uh, I posted on Twitter. Uh, Wolverine has a hilarious exchange with uh, Vol. Vulcan, you guys don't know. I don't know anything about Vulcan very much. You don't have to know anything about Vulcan except he talks very Shakespearean and silly. Yeah, he and he does. likes to burn Wolverine steaks. Right. He's like, you're. That was a good moment. Yeah. He's like rare, medium rare. He's like, you son of a. He's like, I'm gonna fight you. Yeah. Um, I think it's really. I just think it's really sweet that like Corsair, because uh, Corsair is was a was a missing father for most of Cyclops' life. Uh, Cyclops is trying to reconnect with his dad. He's like, Dad, listen, like, like I can plant this cocoa plant on your ship, and we can be homies all the time. You can come to dinner every week, and I think that's really sweet. 
Uh, is this the issue where they talk about where he lives on the moon? Yes. Okay. Yeah. He, oh, yeah. He's like, because uh, uh, he's they, like, because uh, we can put it anywhere. So I mean, why settle? Why, why settle? Yeah. And uh, they they're they're living on the moon. Fun fact: uh, they're living right next to uh, destroyed Adelan, the Inhumans' uh, homeworld. Oh. oh. So and the humans and the X Men have some bad blood. So uh, I wonder if any of that's gonna. He's uh, probably happen. flipping it off every time he, he sees it. He just looks out the window. Screw you, Black Bolt. He's <laughs> like, Hey, Medusa, f you. I mean, to be fair, half those people are dead because of Donny Cates. Oh. Uh, so they'll... yeah, uh, Humans versus <laughs> X Men, right? No. Oh, Death, Death of, of the Inhumans. Death of the Inhumans. Yeah. Yeah, that was a. Why did I think of Inhumans versus X Men? Because that did also happen. That did also, also happen. art by Lionel Francis. You. <laughs> oh damn it! That dude's been drawing X Men for literally twenty years. Good like, for him. Yeah, uh, he's drawn a lot of stuff. Yeah, too. the art in uh, X Men is really good. Yeah, uh, I also it's my I think background. On the my phone. art, the art that I enjoyed the most in these six books is X Men, Marauders, and Excalibur. Not in that order, but funny enough, those were the three books I enjoyed the most. Yeah. I, I do enjoy the art in, uh, in X Force, and I also enjoy the art in New Mutants. The art in Fallen Angels is still good, but it's not my favorite. Uh, I think honestly, my favorite art is New Mutants because I think Rod Reese's um, uh, facial expressions are really great and uh, adds a lot of personality. I did like the scene between Cipher and uh, Mondo with yeah. Krakoa. I think, uh, yeah, I, I think Cipher is such a fun character. Um, he he just understands everything. Um, I think, yeah, I think Marauders is is my number one, and I'm just like, I think it's such a wild book that like the best X Men book is a is a pirate book. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's awesome to me. Uh, so yeah, uh, any any final thoughts on these X books, moments? These are great. Yeah. Well, not all of them. Not not <laughs> all the they're the thing is these books range in my opinion from good to great. Yes. I think I think everything that is in Fallen Angels I'm just very like interested in pursuing further. Yeah. Like even I might give New Mutants another chance, but at the same time Fallen Angels is just it was one of those oh, things where God. it just flew Everything flew over my head in oh, Fallen Angels. Oh, my God. Look at the Space Lawyer. Yeah, okay, Space Lawyer. So, I had to talk about Space Lawyer. I almost made um, Al Ewing's Rocket Raccoon miniseries. I almost made that the book club solely because that's uh, the Space Lawyer is a character from that book. Oh. <laughs> and his name his name is like Mard Blardock, and he, okay. is, he is a space daredevil. And there's a scene where he's on trial with Rocket. And an Electra alien walks in and just holds up a sign that says, let's fight ninjas. And he says, I rest my case. And he runs out of the courtroom. And Rocket's <laughs> like, what just happened? Oh my God. <laughs> and and I, just wanted, I just wanted to show that scene just because the space uh, lawyer is in the next issue of New Mutants. And it is hysterical. Because he does say, I know the number of a really good space lawyer. Yes. And there's a space lawyer. Yes. Um, I think I think the next issue of Mutant New Mutants is is really funny. Uh, I think the trial is fantastic. Uh, if you had an inkling to read this book, I think give the second issue a try. Uh, I definitely think it develops more on all the characters. All right. Mm. Um, but yeah, that'll that'll do it for this section of X Talk. That's yeah. awesome. You X- know what time it is? More for? X Talk. Uh, I think it's time for your book club. It's time to go back in time. Hey, welcome to the Fake Nerd uh, Comic Shop. Yeah. Hi. Um. Do you have any books? Uh, can you be a little more specific? Um, anything readable? Hi, welcome back. Welcome hey, to hey. the book club. Let's talk about X-Men, guys. <laughs> it's your book club. <laughs> All right, hey, so, Ryan, take it away. So I chose um, the last real significant moment in X-Men history besides Hawkspox, which was Grant Morrison taking over the X-Men in 2001 with New X-Men number 114, uh, volume one, E is for Extinction. Mm-hmm. This was... Um, so, as you guys know, in the 90s, the X-Men were the height of comic book popularity. X-Men number one is the highest-selling comic book of all time. Uh, when the X-Men animated series came out, you you couldn't get 
you, the X Men could not be more popular than that. Like it was, it was, uh, it was phenomenal. It, dun, was, dun, dun, it was like, dun, dun. what's the word I'm looking for? It's not epidemic. What's like, it's it wor- was, worldwide it, cultural it was, it phenomenon. Was a, it was a phenom. Phenomenon. Yeah. That's yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then the late '90s happened, and X Men took a huge dip, the biggest dip you could think of. And then 2000, um, it was it was bad. Like X, uh, uh, Marvel is bankrupt. Uh, the first X Men movie came out, and I was like, oh, the X Men could be cool in the movies. And then they're like, okay, we need to do something radical. Let's get that Grant Morrison guy to, to fuck shit up. <laughs> so Grant Morrison came on, and um, I think these first three issues of this run are pretty good. I forgot that three issues isn't a lot of issues. But um, I really want to hear what you guys think about it because uh, for someone in 2001 reading this book, it would feel like how we feel about Hawksbox. This is like 15 million mutants were killed. This 16. Mu- 16 million mutants were killed. Uh, this idea of like this new type of mutation with Cassandra Nova was introduced. Secondary mutations were introduced. Zorn's introduced. Uh, it was a huge flip on its head. And um, I really like the characterization of a lot of these characters. I'm interested in what you guys have to say. I I actually really enjoyed it because I know this is the one because when we were at Los Angeles Comic Con last to, October, I tried we tried to find to, this book. We, uh, there are two big X-Men things I wanted to try and find. House of M, which we did, because mm-hmm. that was when Wanda Maximoff goes, no more mutants, yep. and I wanted to read that story. And also, New X-Men, which was the Genosian Genocide. Now, I thought the Genosian Genocide started a lot later in Grant Morrison's run. Not October. I didn't think it was in the third damn issue. Not second issue. Oh, second issue. Thank you. I didn't think it was in the second issue where everyone on Genosha dies. And yep. that scene where it's like, populate, where it wasn't just a bomb, it was a giant sentinel knuckle. A it- giant sentinel fist it was that yeah. crashes into genosha and it's like budge all y'all and the the way when charles is in a uh, cerebra and it's like genosian population dropping 16 million 8 million mm-hmm. 4 million yep 200 000, like the, how far it drops it's like it's heartbreaking did you notice in uh the first issue at the very beginning when charles xavier was talking about cerebra and how it amplified his powers by powers of 10 oh damn it yeah baby Jonathan Hickman, you crazy fool. Uh, Did you also notice that the safari outfit yeah. that Cassandra Nova was wearing? I knew. I saw that. I yeah, noticed that. Yeah, Charles I noticed, wears it in Hawksbox. I noticed that. I'm like, hmm. Yes. That seems familiar. So, now that you guys But have- also what I noticed was my name is Charles Xavier and I am a mutant. Yep. Which is what Myra Taggart yep, goes, notices. Because mm-hmm. I, I... So the characterizations, especially for Cyclops, um, they kind of... They don't twist that uh, twist on its head for me because obviously Cyclops, Jean Grey, they're together. But then when other people were talking about, hey, are you and Jean, are you guys doing okay? And Cyclops is like, I know. It's like that feels odd. This I'll, isn't the I, Cyclops I know. I'll tell you what, yes, because um, Grant Morrison adds um, a lot more uh, real world humanity to those characters. Mm-hmm. So like they talk about like, oh, they talk about relationships like it's like because like it's like your best buds. Like, hey, how's your relationship with your friend doing? Yeah. Um, but they're also coworkers and teammates and friends. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will agree. The first time it's mentioned, it's like Gene and I are happy, Wolverine. Don't worry about it. It kind of feels out of nowhere. Yeah. But then the next scene, uh, uh, I think it's Xavier is talking to Gene mm-hmm. about it. Yeah. And it's like okay, now I have context for why people are talking about it. Yeah, and then Emma Frost gets introduced, and then later, and then later on, it's I want to say it's the annual where Emma Frost, obviously Emma Frost is like trying to poke a sleeping dragon because she's like, so Scott, tell me how is celibacy going? Yeah, man, Jean, Jean and Scott, uh, they haven't, they haven't gotten, They're, they, they haven't, haven't created any ex babies. She straight up says we haven't touched each other in what feels like months. I'm like five oh, months, yeah, yes. five months. I'm like, oh no. Yeah. Um. So before this, Scott was taken over by Apocalypse. 
Remember, oh, okay. this is 2001, so Apocalypse is not the homies that he is right now. Right. But uh, Scott was taken over, uh, and his mind was really messed with. So mm-hmm. right now, he is dealing with a lot of PTSD and a lot okay. of angst and turmoil. Now, I didn't know that, so yes. that that's a whole lot more context. Uh, that it, I, can, I mean, okay. it explains it a little bit when Scott is talking to Gene, and he's mm-hmm. like, you know, I, I had my mind taken over by evil, and like I'm trying to parse everything out. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's like, this isn't healthy, though. You need to talk to me about it. Yeah. Uh, and like, she's a telepath. She shouldn't and, have to. And read of course, your mind. Scott's like, read my mind. She's like, no. I'm yeah, not going to do that. I shouldn't that. have to do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What up, what's up, Sparks? I, I'm just refreshing myself on some of it. Um, yeah, I, I thought this was this was weird. Yeah. It's, <laughs> again, it is a very different X-Men book than most people are even used to. Even the newest X-Men. It is it is a lot more like just people So this was, this was the first introduction of Cassandra? Yes. Okay. I was I was trying to like this never happened before, right? No. Okay. And and she in this isn't the end of her. She is in the entire run. She she keeps coming back. And Question: Did sure. this happen after the Genosian genocide happened after No More Mutants or before No More Mutants? Uh, before. Okay. Yeah. And that's yeah. They're like so. This happened in two thousand one. So gen- so genocide first, and then House no of No More Mutants Got is it. like two thousand four or five. So okay. like they happen pretty close. Jesus, to each other. that and this came out two thousand one. Yeah, that's why. Oh again, that's why people are really tired of just mutants getting killed all the time. Well, sure. that's that's why the mutants are tired of like what was it issue four of House of X where it's like no, no more. more, no more. Yeah, issue and four which or five they stole one. from no more no more mutants. I would say it's like number five or something like yeah. that. I don't know. Um, I really like the characterization of Beast in here. So do I. I love the introduction of secondary mutations Uh because it adds so much fun and so many more abilities that come for the next almost 20 years. Mm -hmm. Especially you can tell because Emma's trying to save a child after Genosha. Man, poor Emma. She, and then she's yeah, like, "What?" And she's like, "Why am I like this?" And Hank McCoy is like, "Hey, you have secondary mutation. Good for you, girl." Yeah. Um. And it, the sad thing is, like, she carries out a dead Negasonic teenage warhead, and then oh. one of the medics is like, "She's been dead for ten days, oh. right? Isn't it ten days mm-hmm. or something?" So something yeah, like she's that, so yeah. she's been like trapped in her diamond form, uh, which was her her way of of, of surviving, saving, surviving, right? Because mm-hmm. she was crushed so hard, she became a diamond. <laughs> and, I think that is awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And when she's <laughs> she's like adamant about going after. Humans for it. Yeah. Oh, do you know how diamonds are created? Pressure. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. That's oh, how it happened. Wow. That was. Uh, and yeah, Beast is now. This is the first time Beast is in his secondary in his cat form. Uh, yeah, because <laughs> Beast mentions it to Xavier. He's like, "Oh, I like the feline look." I'm like, "That was a, yeah." This what? is this is a new a new aspect. Yeah, he used to look like like you know uh, '90s <clears throat> X Men Beast, uh, uh, animated Beast. Uh, and now he looks like a cat. And now he's a cat man. He uh, looks like a blue lion. And then Jean Grey's like, "You want a soda?" And he's like, can I get a diet? Yeah. Like, you're, you're a cat man. Like, yeah, I don't want to get fat. I jump around a lot. <laughs> I think that's awesome. And he's like, well, I could relearn how to use a pen. This would be great. I'm like, you can't write with a pen? You guys be? met Ugly. What's his name? Ugly John? God, I feel so bad for Ugly yeah, John. He has three faces. Yeah, and I the, I love, um man, I I so wish we could have done a little bit more of his run because the, the huge aspect of this of the entire run is how mutants become um almost like a... Uh, like a social status like they become like people like oh you see in in the annual people want to become mutants it's like them wanting to become celebrities like it's like the new like hot thing mm-hmm. uh so people are like faking being mutants and using it as like social status and like social cues and i'm like that's messed up it's some it's some really it's like uh it's cultural appropriation but with mutants right. and i think that is such a as a, such an awesome aspect that's shown up a little bit in the annual um so yeah um emma frost is awesome she's stirring the pot with scott uh she's trying to stir the pot here's the thing uh, yes, Scott should just tell Emma no at all times. Don't let her into your room if you are having marital problems. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, a lot of people give Emma, Emma shit because, spoiler alert, they do have an affair. 
uh, and that is that is a realistic cool thing about this run is like uh-huh. Scott is he is not perfect and he does succumb to Emma's hotness because she knows how to she knows how to woo silly men. Don't they also end up to get does don't they in, get married? They're in a relationship for a long yeah, time. Yeah, they get married. Uh, don't they get married or no? They don't get married. No, because I know in um, Civil War when Tony Stark visits the manor, he's talking to Emma Frost and and she's like and he's like, does Scott know about us? She's like, Scott yes. knows freaking everything, dude. Uh, Relax. I have and, uh, and it, so. Uh, Kieran Gillen's Uncanny X-Men run, which starts a few years later, um, that is a, that is they are a couple in that uh, initial run. Okay, because um, I also I know it's not look I know it's looked down upon, but Avengers vs X-Men, Scott and Emma are like this. Oh no, yeah, no it, that, that that book's fine. It, yeah. it has its ups and downs. Yeah, but uh, um, what was it? What was I gonna say? Can we talk about the Dennis real quick? Because that dude is hilarious. Oh, poor Trent. The one time where no, I feel bad. No, not poor Trask. He's a genocidal maniac. No, the <laughs> one time I feel bad for a Trask at first because he's like, I'm a dentist. In I don't Albuquerque. care. Albuquerque. Yeah, he's like, I am an Albuquerque dentist. I don't care about any of this. Why am I here? He, yeah, and, uh, he's, uh, he's like the he's like the third Trask in line. Yeah, uh, and all the Sentinels can respond to his voice because protect Trask DNA. Yeah, um, and Cassandra Nova is just like, oh god, I, I got to take a picture of her. Yo, mom. screw Cassandra Nova, just screw her because she sucks. Of course she sucks. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, of course. But uh, the, the, I definitely whole... I I wasn't expecting the the gunshot, like the the when they swap bodies moment. Oh yes, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Is that in the at the end? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, yeah. There's one line. Hold on, I want to find. Yeah. Oh, forget your dental practice, Mister Trask. Your future lies in genocide. Yeah, that was messed up. And uh, if you, uh, I, the the imagery is so beautiful. Like when they first arrive to the Master Mold uh, complex, um, uh, Trask is like, "Where? What am I supposed to be looking for?" And then she's like, "Darling, just use your eyes." And yeah. there's this huge sentinel. This, this giant massive sentinel. sentinel that are uh, just sitting in like in this like uh, like Brazilian forest or wherever it is. Ecuadorian, I think. Ecuadorian I, I forest, don't know. yeah. It was um, it was in South America. But uh, it was Ecuador. Ecuador. Yeah. Good job. Um and then th- the awesome thing is like this th- so the old sentinels like oh they're classic design but like they're not really useful. These new sentinels can use technology and just like and just uh manufacture themselves however they need to be. Uh, almost like like a like a virus. Mm-hmm. So like there's like these dinosaur looking ones that just like they're using scrap parts to become whatever they need to be. Yeah, there's like this one sentinel that's like a centipede with tank yeah. guns. And then like yeah, the sentinel the sentinels that go and destroy uh, Genosha, uh, one's like a giant like mishmashed hand looking thing. And there's a lot of smaller ones. It's uh, a giant it's a giant fist. Yeah, I'm, it's literally punching the hand of Genova Geno Genova Genosha to kill all the mutants. It's um, messed up. Yeah. Um. I the exchange uh with with Scott and Logan and Ugly Ugly John on the X wing uh is really funny. I think because like Wolverine has been blasted all the hell. Yeah. Uh, he's he, his face is sizzling, and Scott's like, uh, Logan, can you please not smoke? <laughs> he's like, I'm trying not to, but like, it's hard when you get shot. And then like he pulls out a bullet from his face, and he's like, Yeah, it's a lot easier to heal when the bullet isn't implanted in your face. Yeah. Uh, and <laughs> that is pretty and funny. Steve says, Uh, oh, you guys are the good-looking X-Men. And then Logan's like, Thanks for noticing, Bub. <laughs> Logan, that's think quietly. I love his art. Uh, he does not draw beautiful people. He draws real people. Because like a lot of these people are not really yeah, good looking. Yeah, no, they're yeah, but it's good art anyway. Yeah, it's great yeah. art. It's just no, like, but they don't look like uh, fabrications. Yes. You know, uh, I. Was, what was it? I was gonna, I had a thing. You I had a thing. thing? Yeah, because it was Frank Quietly's. Now Frank Quietly's art, it's very hit or miss for me. Yeah, I mean, I, I get that he draws like he draws real people. I mean, he did also he drew, Superman, he, Batman, he drew, and Robin. Yeah, um, he drew one of my favorite pieces of his art is from All Star Superman. Yeah. But for some reason, his art—I mean, his art is still good in all new X-Men. It just kind of threw me off a little bit. Mm-hmm. I, I don't it's also know. like twenty years I, old. I don't. Yeah, you're right. It is twenty years old. Um, 
but his because his art's very hit or miss. It's kind of like um um oh God, what's that one? What's that um other famous artist who does a lot of covers for DC that mm. Brand doesn't like? Oh, I don't know. Shit, it's gonna bug me. I don't know. Oh um, well, I'll, I'll I'll remember it eventually. But his his art's still good. But it to me it was a bit of a low point. Yeah. I mean, it was good, but it wasn't as good. But once again, 20 years ago, and he's only gotten better. I mean, to be fair, he still draws people the exact same way. Uh, one of my yeah. favorite art moments really was the Cassandra's hand going through Trask's Oh, oh dude, that is, yeah. that is so sick. I love that so uh, much. That, that, was, that was horrifying. <laughs> oh, okay. So I really like Charles Xavier in this, too. Um, he's, so he's lying in bed after having like this mental freak out. And uh, he's like, Gene, get me my wheelchair. And, he, and Gene's like, bitch, you don't get to talk to me that way. And then Beast walks in the room. <laughs> And Charles is like, Henry, get me my chair. Yeah. And it's like, Charles, you're so pompous. And then Beast does it. Uh, I just think that's a really, really great little character I, I, It's like it's feeding into uh, why it'll be easier for people not to recognize the difference between Cassandra and him. Yes. Yeah. Um, so rereading this, it makes me wonder if uh, the Charles Xavier that we saw in Hawks Pox with the Safari outfit was actually Cassandra Nova. Because there's some stuff that happens later on mm. where there is some actual body switching. Mm. So that's super spicy, and I'm really into it. I remember now, Jay Lee. Oh, yeah, I love Jay Lee. But yeah, it's hit or miss. Uh, inside the books, yes. Uh, I Last, let me see. Um, oh, I love Emma Frost. Let me tell you why. Um, she gets blood all over her, and she's like, may our dry cleaners forgive you, Charles. <laughs> yeah. She cares about her clothes. Not only that, when um, when Jean, later on, I think it's in the annual or later on in mm-hmm. the... No, it's not in the annual. It's before... She, Jean Grey looks over to uh, Emma. She's like, Emma, why are you such a bitch? I was going to say that. I was going to bring up that exact moment. That's my favorite line. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. She's like, breeding, darling. Top Top class breeding. Emma is such a bitch and she knows it. Just just that part. It's like, you know what? No, this is why Emma is Ryan's favorite and I can see it now. She's so so, um, confident in herself. Why are you such a bitch, Emma? Breeding, darling. And this is another great line that I really, that uh, uh, makes Emma. She comes back for the handbag because it was a freaking Louis Vuitton. (laughs) Uh, She says, um, I deserve sympathy for the sins of my my sordid past, not scorn. Those were difficult days. I was probably very confused and probably out of my mind on drugs or alcohol. It's not always about good or evil, Scott. It's that's about people being in the wrong place at the wrong time, yeah. and I'm like, yeah, I I uh, I understand that completely. Emma Frost, you were still a very bad villain for a long period of time, uh, but you're really cool now. So Scott I even you. mentions like, yeah, I remember all the times you were trying to kill us. Yeah, it's like that's ah, the past. Don't worry about it, dog. But bitch, what? Yeah. Okay, so uh, I think these first three seasons are great. I do wish we could have read a little bit more to get a little more about Cassandra and uh, these X Men characters. Sure. But the annual, I think, is radical. You guys, With I Zorn? think Zorn is so cool. Uh, I think his history is so cool. He is basically like this this omega powered uh, super son that was caged from birth, and like he could have like brought po- prosperity to the world, but like it's, it's China that he's at, right? He's in China. Yeah. But basically, like the Chinese government's like, no, we can't allow this because we're racist. Um, I think I think uh, I think this issue looks really cool. It's also drawn by Lionel Francis Yu, who does yep. spent twenty years later, which yep. is incredible. Um, but I think some of the characterization is really, really great. And is uh, this also the issue where Jean and Wolverine kiss each other? Ooh. Or was oh. that later on? I or was that, or was that maybe one of the things we shouldn't have read? Because I read because I read this in the trade paperback. This had, the trade had the three issues for Ease for Extinction, mm-hmm. and then the annual, which is at the end. But they also had some stuff in the middle. Uh, and I, I don't I, know if that was part of it. I don't think so. Because uh, right, I do remember flipping through and I saw a panel. That might have been issue four. Issue, yeah, probably okay. was issue four. Okay, because I have Marvel Unlimited, and uh, they are not uh, directly in line. But the one thing I really like about uh, this issue is Domino. Domino is so cool. Yeah. She's back. She's not getting her skin ripped off, luckily. 
Um, she does this thing where she's like, the Wolverine is coming to get you. Ooh. Uh, that made me laugh real hard. Ooh. Uh, Emma Frost is dope as well. She's like, uh, I've had quite enough of these painful emotions. I have no telepathic powers in my diamond form and no empathy, no compassion, just a cruel sense of humor and a cold, cold heart after she gets her ass kicked. Uh, Wolverine is uh, hanging out, getting drunk yeah. with some ladies. Mm. I think that's pretty fun. Also, this is the one where Emma shows up in front of Cyclops things like so in a very skippy black dress with a bottle of champagne. Like, I couldn't sleep after all the trauma of the day. Tell me more about your chastity, Scott. And she's got a bottle of wine and two glasses. I'm like, yep. you, you slimy it's like, devil. It's like, oh, I know what you're Because this is after Scott has a telepathic conversation with Jean and he says, love you, good night. Because they're still having like marital it's issues. Or yeah, because this is where he's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to be a celibate now. I don't don't no touchy. Um, and then she shows up. She's like, "Tell me about your chastity." I'm like, "Oh, I know what you're trying to yeah. do." Uh, so uh, there's this guy, Mr. Sublime, uh, and he's he's preaching the choir of like, "Hey, we can become mutants. We we have this company that's like, you know, we can give you mutant powers. There's nothing unethical about this at all. I promise." Right. Um, Turns out it's unethical as hell. Yeah, they're keeping Zorn in this facility, and um, Zorn is swallowing light, so he has like a micro black hole uh-huh. in his skull, and he's created an event horizon around him, and he's basically trying to commit suicide, which will destroy the world. And if that's not weird and baller, uh, and, and even the guy says, well, now, wouldn't that be a completely insane turn And, of and there's <laughs> there's references to that in Hawkspox. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Uh, so the X-Men and their X-Jet go and do a bombing run on this facility, and then Logan's like, are we just allowed to do this kind of stuff now? And Scott's like, we just did, Logan. Let's see who complains about it. And I'm like, <laughs> Jesus Jeez. Christ, Scott, yeah. come on, dude. Um, but yeah, they go and rescue Zorn, and Scott gives this awesome speech of like, hey, man, uh, what is it? Let me got it. I got it right here somewhere. Hold on. Uh, uh, nope. No, I don't. Just kidding. But uh, they go and rescue Zorn. Uh, oh, Domino says this. One second. In 60 seconds, the human black hole in that room will consume mainland China. After I thought that, that was Hank who said that. Uh, no, we got Domino. And then Never mind. Next. Uh, after that, we have about two minutes to evacuate the planet Earth. And then Beast says, don't worry. Scott's really good with the press people. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's also this really good part where he's telling uh, Emma, he's like, hey, hack into my mind so I can speak to Ch- so I can speak Chinese and speak to this guy. And she's like, there, Chinese. Yes, she's like, uh, ah. Yeah. Uh, Emma's like, the only person who can speak Chinese is Logan. I don't think he wants that we want him to talk to him. Uh, but yeah, I think this is just a really fun singular issue um the the super unfortunate thing about zorn is um i'm just gonna spoil it now because this is 20 years old zorn's magneto because magneto dies right right magneto dies i know, I know this whole yes, thing in, but he's not magneto <laughs> oh boy but he's not magneto but then he is magneto and then the real zorn's brother is the new zorn and this is multiple riders taking over and doing like no that's stupid let me change it no that's stupid let me change it i'm like Guys, comic books are silly. But now we have awesome Zorn in the Hawks Pox, and he's still right. he's still depressed with a black hole in his brain, and that's all I could ask for. Yeah. 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 Uh, so, yeah, this is a, a little bit of older X-Men. Uh, I think just over the next couple years of our life, I'm just going to be sprinkling in older X-Men books so we, we can just work our way up to uh, mainline continuity, and you have a better understanding so, of the So, X-Men. funny enough, um, I, this is, doesn't really have to do with the issues that we did read, but... Is it about X-Men? It is about X-Men. And I love it. It's actually about X-Men and Boy Meets World. Because oh. obviously we have Disney Plus, and my girlfriend is rewatching. Uh, is Topanga Boy involved? Mids. Nope. Oh. It's um their teacher, uh, Mr. Sean. Oh, yeah, Turner. Yeah, Sean Turner. And nope, John oh, Turner. John Turner. Thank you. Is Mr. Turner, and he is kind of like he giving, assigns an X Men. comic. Yeah, he assigns an X Men comic, and then uh, Mr. Fiend is like, "Why are you teaching a comic book in class? You're supposed to be teaching literature." And he's like, "Well, this is literature. If you think about it, because he's he's portraying famous Greek heroes to the X Men, mm-hmm. and they do a redux of that type of story." In Girl Meets World, where um, 
the teacher who's named after Lee Harper, the author who wrote Kill a Mockingbird, yep, yep, yep. teaches Dark Knight Returns. Hey. And the teacher's a lot more mad about that about her teaching a comic book in class. And then the superintendent is Mr. Turner, and he's like, I taught X-Men my first day. I forget which book it is uh, on the main topic, but X-Corp is brought up. I think it might have been either New Mutants or X-Men. Um, but X-Corp is the, one of the next books that we're getting as well, which is like the X-Men business. Right. Oh, you know what other part? Uh, what book was it that had Bishop in Taipei? Uh, Fallen Angels? Never mind. Maybe not. I think, uh, no, I no, think no, it sorry. was. Is X, it X-Men? It's X-Force, isn't sorry, it? Sorry, it's X-Force. It was, yes. it was X-Force, That's yeah. right, because like, there's... there's um Because they were trying to find... um Like, oh, the, my husband went missing yeah, through the, the Cocoon pri- Gate. Like the Prime Minister, she the her husband, and then she's like, no, the mutants destroy families, and Bishop's like, hey, I want to try and help you, and she's like, no, F No, you. no, yeah, a few, and he's like, something's wrong here yeah, in Taipei, but I need yeah. to get out of here. Propaganda. Yeah. 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 So uh, it's a lot of X-Talk. I'm real happy to talk about all mm-hmm. these X-Men books. Um, Oh, real quick. Uh, in New Mutants, Rain Sinclair, I brought this up weeks ago, but Rain Sinclair was killed off screen in the last X-Men book. So it was really powerful to a lot of people uh, that she came back and she was truly looking happy right. and like in a great place with her friends and family because that character was beat down and killed by a bunch of like mutant haters off screen. And that was like... That's uh, with, such a, with such a fan like love character to do that. It's like that's just real shitty, right. real shitty. So uh, I'm glad we got to do all this X talk. X gonna give it to you. X gonna give it to you. Dawn of X Volume One. All right, I guess I'll do for this week. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I will say it's really cool that um, all of these, like the first volume of all these books, will obviously be collected as most books do. But Dawn of X Volume One will be coming is, out. Is the six issues, which is all first six issues. Yeah. So um, because they are kind of all connected, so I think they're going to be doing that uh, like for like Volume One, Volume Two. So I think that's a pretty cool idea. Right. Yeah. I like that. Uh, so that'll do it. That'll do it for us. Um, we'll do it. Let's say that uh, next week. Brandon's book club is the Star Wars, the graphic oh. novel adaptation of the original. I've script read that idea. book. I've read yep. that book as well. Well, that's his book club. Yay! All right, so, all right. Hey, you already read it. You don't have to worry about it. Well, I'm well, gonna reread. Yeah, it. I need to read it. It's been a long time. All right. Uh, so that's that's gonna be next week. Uh, we will be doing a review of Knives Out. Uh, we were gonna do that this week, but Brandon wanted to be on it for sure. Yeah. So we'll be doing it next week. Um, our downright nerdy podcast, fake nerd podcast crossover Star Wars retrospective episode <sighs> will be coming out as soon as the video can be fully edited and uh, we will be announcing a big giveaway in conjunction with that that will drop the week of the rise of Skywalker. Gazoontite. Big time. Thank you. So anyway, that'll do it. You can check us out on YouTube. We have Fake Nerds Watch, Mandalorian episode coming out this week where we talk about episodes three and four. Brandon will also be missing that one for this one. Unfortunately. Because of the same reason he's not here today. And he will... Uh, sorry, we will be talking about Watchmen uh, this coming week as well. Um, we will also be putting out a new episode of Sonic Mania in this following yeah, week for boy. Basement Arcade. Uh-huh. Uh, and you can check out all that good stuff right there on our YouTube. It's all there. Uh, we are a Funko affiliate. You can use promo code SHOP10 for 10% off your purchase by clicking on the link in the description of this episode. And only through there do we get a kickback. We have a Patreon. We have a tea public. Uh, there are all <laughs> links in the description uh, about our Patreon, our tea public. You can buy merchandise and Patreons and all that. Uh, I'm not a pusher. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> Although if you do subs- uh, you, um, not subscribe, that's a different thing. If you do pledge to the $25 Patreon tier, you will get a ship in the bottle. As Brandon keeps saying, and I'm going to hold it to him because I want someone to do that. Uh, thank you to everyone who listens. We seriously appreciate it. I love you. Mm-hmm. That's really awesome. Uh, we... <laughs> Hope you are enjoying everything. We love to hear from you. 
Uh, Jeremy Vellucci is the person I want to thank for our intro music and all those musical and intro bit collaborations. Uh, you can find him on Instagram at Jeremy Vellucci Keyboards. Um, and he also has Suburban Proctologist, Sub-pro? which uh, there are no new episodes at this moment, but all the episodes that have ever been released you can find uh, through us and through iTunes. And uh, you can follow it on Facebook.com slash Suburb Proctologist Official and on Instagram at Subprocpodcast. There are new episodes coming. Uh, it probably is going to be a little while, but uh, there is at least one episode script finished. <gasps> Yay! So I, I will say that. Amazing. Uh, I want to thank Mike Matola, who does our logo. Mike, Mike, mm-hmm. Mike. Uh, he's awesome. He does line-by-line art posters. You should check those out. You can find him at Mike Matola. Uh, go ahead and get involved and uh, tell us what you think about anything that we're doing or tell us about X-Men. Ryan would love to talk to you about X-Men. I just want to talk about X-Men all day. My, uh, my Twitter handle is, uh, is about the X-Men. Yeah, yeah it's uh, Kirk resident, DJ Tony we, Snark. We will, uh, you can contact any of us uh, through the podcast at twitter.com. Uh, fake nerd podcast uh, Instagram Facebook all that fake nerd podcast fake nerd guys at gmail.com um, if you want to get in touch with me directly you can go to at sparks witty on Instagram and Twitter s-p-a-r-k-z witty Ryan you're dating someone's ex someone is dating your ex your ex is dating someone's ex in this life we are all x-men I'm at DJ Tony Snark at everything. That was actually surprisingly deep. I didn't write it. I know you didn't. <laughs> uh, ben? <laughs> you can find me on the internet at Instagram and Twitter at BenMagnet27. You can also find me writing for OldSchoolGamerMagazine.com, where my last issue, or last issue, wow, wow, what the hell Comic am I books. saying? My last article about the legacy of Atari, according to a guy who's never played it, is up, and a new article about why I'm thankful for video games should be coming up this week. Yay! Very cool. Very uh, festive. Uh, you can fo- subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. Tune in Spotify, iHeartRadio, rate and review wherever you get us at. And until next week, everyone. Snick, snick. Stay fake, nerds. Bub. Yep, yep. Bubs. Bubsy. Bubsy. <laughs> <laughs>